WWF figure. Hulk Hogan, a Macho King, Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, and Andre the Giant. So close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring. Oh, baby, if you heard that and you were anything like us, you just had a wave of nostalgia wash over you. The Pod Warriors are back, and tonight we are going all in with our thoughts, feelings, and memories on the WWF Hasbro line. Before we get into it, let me welcome my best friend and the other member of the Pod Warriors, Jordan. What is up, guys? Uh, It's been a while since me and Seth have done a Just Me and Him show. Um... But this is going to be a good one, and uh, I'm excited to get into it. This is a this is a big part of our childhood for wrestling figures, so this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, these we'll get into it, but yeah, these are like it's really you can't really overstate what a big part of of our childhood these were. Um, again, this is on the Pod Warriors portion of the Chick Foley Show feed. Uh, if you somehow are stumbling into a Pod Warriors episode for the first time, this is me and Jordan's little spinoff where we pick one topic and just go deep on it. And these are designed to be evergreen. For the most part, you're not going to get anything like topical up to the minute type stuff. So if you want to get caught up, um, just go back through the feed and any episode that's got Pod Warriors at the start of it, uh, that's going to be us, and you could check it out. Uh, Jordan, what have you been up to lately, man? Man, uh, ever since we got back from SummerSlam, uh, just been busy with work and watching some wrestling and enjoying life, man. Summer's winding down, so yeah. Yeah, we've been busy. It's the little man's birthday this week, and I've been doing shit literally nonstop all day. So I just cracked a beer and took the first sip of it, and it is hitting so right. Uh, again, stripped down production on the Pod Warriors, but we do got just a little bit of housekeeping to get to. Um, I want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your wrestling figure purchases at Ringside Collectibles and follow the Pod Foundation. That's our partnership with the Turnbuckle Tavern, the Extra Cooler Show, and coming down the aisle. Um, you can follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram to keep up with all four shows. Um, with that, let's get into it. So yeah, like Jordan said, um, this is really the first line I remember playing with. Obviously, LJNs were before this, but I was a little kid when I was playing with them. Hasbro's were really the first ones that I have conscious memories of like planning stuff out and really using my imagination and, and having some fun with these things. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, um, I just like you, I remember going to um, to toy stores, Toys R Us, things like that, and seeing these hanging on the pegs and just being excited. I mean, we're going to get into all the wrestlers and stuff that are in this line, but there, there's a lot of all time greats. And when we were kids, I mean, these were these were what was what was up with uh, action figures. So, yeah, this is going to be a very exciting night. Um, ready to do this. Yeah, this was the first toy line that kind of dropped like and I was old enough to at least keep up with it. So like I was just getting these as they came out and it was just yeah, it was just so much fun every single year seeing which figures were going to drop. Uh, so the format of the show, we're going to go series by series. Want to do another quick plug for the has book. So you could find these guys on Instagram. Um, one sec, I'll get the exact account name for it. But this is basically it's a it's a huge book, glossy, tons. It's just at the has book. But it is over 100 pages of almost 200 pages, actually, of just glossy, high quality photos. And it's got just amazing trivia and just the history of this entire line. So cannot recommend it enough. Me and Jordan both have it. It's what we're going to be using tonight as we go through the show. And we'll drop some page numbers. So if you do have a copy of the Has book at home, feel free to grab it out and kind of use it as a guide as you go along with us on this journey. 
Um, but we're going to go series by series and just discuss each figure. Um, and some of these will probably glaze over a little bit, but you know, we're planning on this being a little bit longer show. So grab yourself a cold beverage and buckle in. Um, I'm going to hit Jordan with, you know, he's the fig God. We're going to see how godly he really is. If he's actually in God mode, like Roman Reigns or not, I'm going to be hitting him with some pop quiz MOC values. So I'll pick one figure from each series and Jordan, we're going to see how close Jordan can get on guessing the last sold, um, MOC version of that off of eBay. And then we're each going to pick our favorite figure from each series. And then we're each going to fantasy book swapping out one figure. So we'll pick the worst one or maybe just the most unnecessary one and fantasy book somebody into the lineup. Uh, Jordan, you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So crack open that has book. We are starting on page 12 with series one. So series one dropped in 1990 consisted of 12 figures. You have Hulk Hogan, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, Demolition, Macho Man, Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake, Ultimate Warrior, Andre, Akeem, Big Boss Man, and Million Dollar Man. So I remember the first ones I got were Hulk Hogan and Walmart. Excuse me, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. And it sticks out to me because I got these at Walmart uh, here in Millington, Tennessee, kind of close to where I live at now. I remember seeing these for the first time, just being blown away. Um I've talked about it before. My mom has a younger brother who's actually way younger than her. Uh, he's my uncle, but he's really kind of more like an older brother to me because he's only about seven years older than me. And I remember he got Andre the Giant um, and I believe he got Big Bossman also. So that was our first four figures that we had playing with. And these things just blew my mind. Just having even the little bit of articulation that they had was just such a leap over the... Um, the LJNs. Uh, before before we get into figure by figure, Jordan, you got any key memories off of Series 1 Hasbros? The Ultimate Warrior was my first Hasbro. I, I definitely 100% remember that. Um, I think I got Andre the Giant second. I, I'm not 100% positive as either Andre or Hulk, uh, but those were my, those were my three um, top guys that I used in my wrestling fed at home. So, yeah, man, this is a, this is a special series to me still to this day. Um, when I went back and started collecting these, these, this was the first series I finished. So, um, I kind of went in order on it. So, yeah, I, um, I hate to like just come straight in with, with a high spot off the, uh, off the rip, but I would think the series one has bro. If I was forced to cut my figure collection down to just one series of figures, I think this would be the series that I keep, man. That's how special they are to me. Yeah, th- these figs are so good, um, but w- we'll get into it on what we think is the best one and what we would cut out of it. So, yeah. So starting off with Andre, uh, he was a big figure. They definitely sized him up a little bit, which was nice. And he had the rare rocking motion. I don't even remember too many other figures that even had this motion. I'm assuming that they did this because this was probably the easiest way to gimmick the height of him. But yeah, I don't even really, uh, I don't ever remember doing anything with this rocking motion. But it, it is a cool figure. It definitely captures late era Andre. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. What's your thoughts on Andre, Jordan? I love this figure. Um, yeah, the rocking motion's a little weird, but um, like you said, I don't remember this on anything else. Uh, talking about the Has book a little bit here, like they give you height and weight of the wrestlers. This this book really is special, uh, like Seth said. So definitely get one if you don't have one. 
And then we had Akeem, the African Dream. Now, I love Akeem, dude. He's kind of one of my guilty pleasures. I, I think we can all admit that this gimmick has not aged well at all. But he was still just such a uh, just such a fun wrestler, man. And One Man Gang, you know, that was his gimmick prior to this. He was awesome. Akeem was more of a comedy thing. Some people say he was done to rib uh, Dusty Rose, the American Dream. But I, I love the gimmick, and I love this figure, man. It's been kind of recreated by Mattel, um, but... You can't go wrong with an Akeem figure, man. Yeah, th- there's no going back to creating the original. They Mattel did a great job, but yeah, this is uh, this was the one of the first figures I bought when I started doing the collection over again. Yeah, following that up, we had heel big boss man. So this was Ray Trailer, and he was a little bit more heavy. Definitely his his heel look, even though he was actually a baby face at the time. Uh, in the Has book, it's got on like the trivia section that originally Akeem and Big Boss Man's bio cards on the back listed them as being members of the Twin Towers, even though they uh, that team was separated by the time they released. Because uh, I think these started in development like late 1988, early 1989. Um, it just it took a while to get figures out the door back then. Yeah, um, boss man. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to him a little bit later on. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is another good figure. Um, I definitely remember having this as a kid. The nightstick was the obviously the first uh, accessory we got, so awesome. That was another big thing on the Hasbro line, man. They killed it on the accessories. I mean, LJN had accessories too, but I have such faint memories of any of them because by the time I was playing with LJNs, all my figures were secondhand and the accessories were long gone. I never remembered having any accessories with any of my LJNs. It was just such a, like a new concept for me actually having, you know, a snake, some barber shears, <laughs> uh, the nightstick to go with these figures. Yeah. It was hard not to lose them though. When you were a kid, that was the only problem. Yeah, definitely. Uh, up next, we got Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. Uh, this figure is definitely cool for its time, but Brutus has got a figure later on in the series that I think stomps on this one. Uh, how about you, Jordan? Yeah, I, I think his second figure is far superior, but it did have the shears in it, so makes it a pretty badass figure. And, you know, I'm not a I have a complete in my mind, it's a complete Hasbro collection, but I am not a Hasbro completionist. So I only have the the later Brutus, but I'm such a psycho on my collecting that I actually got the scissors from this one because the later Brutus, the scissors just had the black handles. And I like this kind of like electric red handles on uh, this Brutus figure here. Yeah, I have both of them, but I, the the second one is definitely better. Up next, we have some truly iconic figures. These are like just some of my all-time favorite wrestling figures ever. Demolition, Axe, and Smash. Now, Smash would get a later release, but this would be the only time that Axe was ever released in this line. Uh, These figures are just perfect. You know, Demolition, they're kind of like Kane or maybe like Booker T in that class of people that there's no such thing as bad figures of them. For whatever reason, they're just so toyetic. And whether it's Jax, uh, Mattel, or Hasbro, or for at least one half of them, LJN. Uh, these guys just, toy makers do a tremendous job of capturing these guys. It's very hard to get better than their appearance, right? Um, so as far as figures are concerned, these guys are made for figures. Um, but yeah, this is a, these are awesome. I like that we got the tag team like separately rather than on one card. I know a lot of people like it on one card, but I, I like them being separate, honestly. 
Yeah, hats off to Ron Rudat. He's the artist that was behind this line. The crazy thing is, he wasn't even a wrestling fan, man. He was just a toy designer. They got put in charge of like the art direction for this line, and he would just get the reference photos of these guys and just sketch them up, man. And the, I think he's a big reason why the Zombie Sailor line, which we'll talk about towards the end of the episode, why it seems so uh, just such a good throwback to these because just that really distinct, almost like cartoonish art style that they use to really make these figures seem larger than life. Yeah, Ron. Up Ron's next, awesome. we got the f- the first of many appearances in the line, Hulk Hogan. Now, this is not my favorite Hulk figure out of the various Hulks that we have. How about you, Jordan? Yeah, this is definitely not the best one. Um, we'll get into that later. But, I mean, it, he had to obviously be in this line because it's the first line. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, definitely not my favorite as far as the action or even his outfit is concerned. I'd be willing to bet this Series 1 Hasbro Hulk Hogan's got to be in the top like 10 or 15 biggest selling wrestling figures of all time, if not higher than that. Oh, 100%. That I just remember, even I can remember back to being a kid, this was the one, this one and the Warrior were the toughest ones to find after a certain amount of time. Yeah, he really was. Uh, then we got Jake the Snake. Such a cool figure. Comes with the snake. I just, like we talked about earlier, this just blew my mind as a kid, actually having a little rubber snake to go with Jake. Um, one of the trivia notes here, at the 1990 Toy Fair catalog, there's actually a picture of Jake with the cloth bag to carry the snake in. So it's it's never been confirmed if that was something that was originally intended for release or if that was just something that Hasbro mocked up for the display um, like we see Mattel doing nowadays with things like the Nitro stage or or that big Titan Tron from WrestleMania Access a couple years ago. But I uh, love this Jake figure. They just, even though he's got like tiny little slits for eyes, for some reason it just works for him. Uh, and I think this is, you could make a case this is Jake's best figure ever. This to me, I, I, I'm not saying this is necessarily the best figure in the entire line, but when I think of Hasbro's when I was a kid, this is the figure I think of. Just the snake around his neck and stuff. I mean, in packaging, it just looks badass. Like, when you're a kid, like, and you see this on the shelves, this is something you want to buy. I mean, even to this day, like, if I saw this on the shelf, I'd want to buy it. It's just, it's a badass figure. Yeah, it just, it looks great. Um, Mattel has actually kind of recreated this in the Elite line back in the WWE All-Stars release and... It's just a beautiful figure all the way around. Up next, we got Macho Man. Now, Macho Man's kind of a weird one because by this time in 1990, when this was dropping, he was already working the the Macho King gimmick and wearing a little bit more flamboyant stuff. But I'm guessing Hasbro just got a uh, they got an older um, like reference shot or whatever to base the figure off of. Because th- to me, this is like 1987, 1988, like Macho Man on the come up. Yeah, I remember when this came out too, and I was like, "Man, this is a this is an older Macho Man. Like, this isn't our new day Macho Man." So uh, I was right there with you. Still a badass figure. I mean, orange trunks with the uh, yellow boots. It it just looks awesome. Classic Macho Man combo. One thing I gotta say, even though this is a damn near perfect figure. I think something that could have taken it up even another notch is if they actually painted the hand tape. You know, he's got the wrist yeah. and, and fist tape like Macho Man always had. You can actually see it on the picture on the card. He's got his hand taped up. Um, but for whatever reason, they just didn't paint it. I don't know if that was a mistake or a budget cut or what. Um, I feel like that would have really made it pop. And now I'm kind of tempted as I, I never really thought about this until now. I'm kind of tempted to get on eBay and see if maybe somebody's got one customized with the with the hand tape on there. That would have really made this figure pop even more now that you mentioned that. I, I never even noticed that, honestly, until you just said it. 
we're going to get to something a little bit later on that really just fucking blew my mind, man. And I'm, I'm very interested to, uh, to see if you knew about this prior to the last, uh, you know, 24 hours. So that, that's what we in the industry call a little tea. So you guys are going to have to stick around to, to hear what I'm talking about. Uh, up next, we got another beautiful figure, the million dollar man. One of only uh, two belts that were ever released in the Hasbro line, the million dollar championship. They did a great job on that. Um, nobody's really improved on this. You know, Mattel and Jax have each had their hand at it, but I don't think, you know, they've done as good, but nobody has improved on the depiction of the million dollar belt that Hasbro had all the way back in 1990. No, this is still the mi- best million dollar belt that's in toy form to me. The, the one that came with even the Ringmaster, which they were hyping up that that was going to be an improved one, that is not an improved million-dollar belt. This is still the the quintessential million-dollar belt for toys. Now, as a kid, did you dig it, or were you frustrated that he was in his entrance gear and not his wrestling gear? Hated it. I, I still don't like it that much to this day, uh, just because, dude, he's not wrestling in his entrance gear. True. It did require some imagination, but I think I liked it just because it was so much more toyetic. Like it it never, for some strange reason, even as OCD as I am, this one never bothered me. Now we're going to get it, not to keep with the teases, but it's kind of just the way it is, um, knowing that we're going to be discussing every single figure in this line. We're going to get into a figure later on that I didn't like because it was in its entrance gear, but for whatever reason, this one worked, man. I think it was just still super playable, um, and, and, and I liked it, man. Then we have Ravishing Rick Rude. Um, this one's kind of weird for me. You know, Rick Rude in the late 80s was known for having super flamboyant gear, but they dropped this dude with just the uh, the purple pants and the black stripes. What's up with that? I hate this figure, to be completely honest with you. I loved Rick Rude, but dude, come on, man. Just purple and black pants for Rick Rude? They could have just painted it like a bunch of different colors and it would have been better than this. I just... I, I don't like this figure because of that. Yeah, he's super skinny. This is a weird one, man. I mean, the head sculpt works. It's kind of got like the the curly haired mullet going. Um, but yeah, not not a fan of this one. It still works, and I still have fondness for this figure just because, like, again, it takes me back. But I think this is probably the weakest offering of Series 1. Um, and then we're going to round it out with probably in my top three or four favorite figures of all time. The Ultimate Warrior. This is from based off WrestleMania six um, promo pictures and stuff in the green gear. Now, one thing interesting on this, I always, I never really even questioned it as a kid playing with it, even though it's really weird. It wasn't until I got older that I started thinking, why is this Ultimate Warrior figure have a weight belt on? Ultimate Warrior never, never wore a weight belt out to the ring or anything, and, um. And if he did, why would he be wearing it backwards? You know, that's the other thing. The weight belt's on there backwards. Um, it turns out, we didn't find this out till years later. The original plan was he was actually going to have a molded intercontinental championship on the figure. As weird as that would have been. I mean, can you imagine what that would have looked like? Yeah, it probably would have ruined this entire figure, honestly. Yeah, so I don't know if they were too far into the production process. I'm not super in the know of exactly how that stuff worked back then. If they had to make like, you know, clay models or something. And that's why they couldn't totally scrap the belt idea. And they had to just adjust it. But 
the intercontinental belt ended up changing into a backwards weight belt for whatever reason, but somehow it still works. And this is right up there with LJN um, Hulk Hogan as one of the most iconic wrestling figures of all time. Yeah, I still love this figure, even though it does have the weight belt on it. It's it's a great figure. Uh, this actually sits on my desk at work, so should tell you how much I like it. And I work in insurance, so people walk in and see it every day. I love this figure so not not the not the one up you man. I love this figure so much that I actually commissioned a custom elite of this, and then I went and got a uh, a weight belt from a Ryback figure and painted it in the same color green and put it on backwards. So I have an elite Ultimate Warrior with a backwards weight belt on there as just an homage to this figure. Sounds like one upsmanship to me. <laughs> all right let's get into it jordan what is the mvp of series one i know this is tough this is really tough um i'm gonna still go with ultimate warrior man it's one of my all-time favorite figures so i, I gotta stay stick with ultimate warrior as the mvp of series one yeah i agree he's number one with jake roberts and demolition coming up a close second i probably would have went demolition if they weren't getting their their third member to really complete the set a little bit later on. So I will go with warrior as well. Um, I think we're going to have the same one. Let's go ahead and fantasy book, which figure we would drop and who we would replace them with in the 1990 Hasbro series. So I don't think we're actually going to have the same one. So uh, I'm, I'm still putting someone that's in the Hasbro line, but I feel like they should have been in series one. I feel like series one sets the tone so I feel like this person should have been in the first series. So I would drop out personally. I would drop out the beefer, and I okay. would I would insert Roddy Piper into series one. Hmm, that's a uh, yeah, that, that's a very good pick, man. Especially because Beefcake's getting a figure later on. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't really think about that strategically. Now that you say that, I'm kicking myself for not just dropping it because, yeah, we already made it clear that this this Brutus Beefcake is totally disposable once you see um, what comes later. But I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stick with what I had. I'm scrapping Rick Rude because, as we mentioned, he is just he's the worst figure in this set. Um, if I could, man, I feel like it would kind of be a cheap answer. I would scrap that Rick Rude and just put a better Rick Rude right there in Series 1, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I will replace Rick Rude with Haku. So you got to think, man, 1989, 1990, right when this line was dropping, who were the tag team champs? It was the Colossal Connection, Andre the Giant and Haku. So I'm picturing Haku with the bare feet, the, the jerry curl, and some super floral tropical tights and stuff to go right there along with Andre. Um, plus, you know, they had a pretty great match with Demolition at WrestleMania 6, probably the only other match worth watching besides Hogan and Warrior. So I feel like Haku really would have rounded out this set. And it would have been great because we haven't gotten another Haku figure in almost 30 years. You know, Chell is actually dropping one this year that we're finally going to be getting a uh, another Haku. Yeah, um, that's a great pick. I, I honestly hadn't even thought of Haku. I was just doing it like strategically thinking like this is series one. What happens if this never makes it out of series one was the reason I put Piper in. I feel you. You went a little bit more cerebral, um, and I'm kind of just going like a little bit more from the heart. We're, t- we're tackling this from different angles, which that's good, man, because th- did you kind of keep that same mindset throughout this exercise? I did. So not all of the figures that I replaced in sets are like ones we didn't get. I just kind of went with what I felt like should have been in the series over what was more than anything. 
Okay, yeah, that's great, man, because that that's uh, that's not how I did it. So that means we should have a nice little mix of answers going through here. And it's totally organic. You know, me and Jordan, we we have been so excited for this episode that we really haven't talked about it too much because we wanted to save it all for the air because that's one thing. Um, any, you know, I know we have a lot of listeners that also have their own podcasts and stuff. So you know that sometimes it's easy to get excited about something and you end up having like really great conversation. Uh but it doesn't even end up getting recorded, you know, and then it, sometimes it's hard to kind of recapture that spark and that magic the second time around, even though the last Pod Warriors episode, me and Jordan did record it twice. Uh, we did. What a, what a solid <laughs> job that was. <laughs> All right, let's get into series two. I'm not sure, but I think that they just gave Roddy Piper like a fucking mountain of the best Columbia Bam Bam they could find. <laughs> Told him, hit this shit. We're hitting record on the camera in about 25 seconds, Hot Rod, and just do what the fuck you want to do. He was like, just say no more, fam. I mean, he was fucking manic, dude. I remember even as a kid, like, so the way they did a lot of the promotional advertising in WWE, you'd have the regular commercials on the channel, and then you'd have some specific wwe commercials you'd hear lord alfred hayes come on and say promotional consideration paid for by the following and you'd hit like maybe a candy bar commercial maybe something for like a new video game which were kind of like mellow whatever and then bam dude roddy piper's just like punching you right in the freaking eardrum uh about these hasbro figures man it was it was intense yeah they definitely told uh hot rod to really pep put a pep in his step so he took it for granted and did an eight ball before he got on there <laughs> all right so getting into series two so these dropped in 1991 another thing that's hard to imagine now that really kind of captured the excitement on these is that you got to remember these are all pre-internet so sometimes maybe you'd see a sneak peek in the wrestling magazine but for the most part you didn't know what was coming out until you saw it on the pegs and that just made it such a rush every time you went to kbs or, or toys r us which sadly that's not even a thing anymore yeah, uh, I another thing going to KB's toy store when they would on Toy Day when they would get a full box of these, nothing like it. It's like a feeling you can't ever get back. And there was such a huge section of wrestling figures, man. I remember like the Hasbro's and the WCW Galoob, they take up a good seven or eight racks. And these were so plentiful, you know, we were so spoiled and we didn't even really know it. Like nowadays, I went to Walmart today. There was like four top picks elites and a couple just random scraps of AEW figures from a few months back. Like I'm talking these things, they have the pegs full and then typically there'd be a big basket in the front of the store where you could get these things like three for 10 bucks, man, just a pile of them. Like I would, I would give anything to be able to go back in time and just buy up the whole lot and go put them in a storage unit somewhere. Don't know how good you got it until it's gone, man. That's what they always say. <laughs> we definitely did not know how good we had it. Hey, speaking of how good we have it, the conversation's flowing so easy and we're having such a good time talking about these that I had a minor botch. We forgot your MOC pop quiz for series one, man. So don't think you're getting out of it. We're going to backtrack <laughs> real quick. 
All right. All right. Let's see. Jordan claims to be the fig god. He knows figures, knows the business of figures like no other. You hear him getting all CEO on us with his uh, his fantasy book and these replacements. Let's hear it, Jordan. Andre the Giant from Series 1. What was the last MOC sale of that figure on eBay? MOC Andre the Giant. So Lucy's are usually around 50 ish or so i'll go i'll say 160 was the last moc andre 160 you're not even getting a look at it 400 what? bucks 400 was the last moc Andre. wow yeah man on people are hyper andre you know it's been a lot of nostalgia stuff on a and e here lately i think it's coming back man i'm gonna have to adjust my thinking on these moc ones i thought they had kind of leveled off a little bit other than the last series some have some have these are i didn't really go for the most valuable ones i kind of just was kind of just going randomly on these so the values are all over the place on these moc ones um i think andre out of the ones i picked just minor spoiler andre was the second most expensive out of the ones i picked okay okay all right so getting into series two so they mixed it up on us a little bit on these we had nine individual figures and three two packs so the two packs were the bushwhackers bush and luke the Rockers, Marty Jannetty, and Shawn Michaels, and Demolition, but this time with Crush instead of Axe. So, uh, you know, 1990, Axe, Bill Eady, he was getting a little bit older, and they phased Crush in to kind of extend the life of the Demolition team. I thought it was really cool as a kid. I know a lot of people don't like when Crush got added in. I I always dug Crush, and I kind of like three-man Demolition. How about you, Jordan? I did. I I really like three-man Demolition. Having said that, I do not love this as a two-pack just because one series earlier, we had just gotten Axe and Smash. I think Crush could have easily been on his own, and I would have been completely fine with that. Yeah, definitely. And there's they could have had other good tag teams they put in this spot as well. Yeah, because there's um, plenty to go around. Let's get into the figures. So first off, we got Dusty Rhodes, beautiful figure, black and yellow polka dots. I know this isn't technically the golden era of Dusty, but I love black and yellow polka dot Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, this is by far my favorite, Dusty, if if you're asking me. Um, and you notice, too, a lot of like the current day wrestlers, like this is the Dusty they remember. When they do tributes of them, it's always the black with the yellow polka dots. Like, this is the Dusty everybody that's our age remembers. Yeah, side note, I really hope we get a Dusty Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Elite. They, they got to make that, right? Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, we definitely got to get it. Uh, one thing to know on this, a lot of there's a misconception out there. A lot of people think there's a variant with a yellow boots version that's actually just sun fading. For whatever reason, the paint that they used on the Dusty Rhodes boots, the white paint, uh, it's got a tendency to fade over time if they're not properly um, stored. So there is no yellow boots Dusty Roads out there just for anybody that maybe just started to, to dip a toe into collecting these things, just so you know. Up next, we got the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, I didn't, I've never read this for sure anywhere, but I think part of the reason that we probably got that demolition as a two pack, um, with even though Smash was just in series one, is because the rhythm and blues, uh, you know, Greg Valentine with his hair dyed black, that was originally going to be one of the two packs, Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine. They were going to be in a two pack, but then the team split up, the gimmick kind of died off, and so they just did Honky as a solo. So that might be why you got your demolition uh, released again so soon there, Jordan. Would make perfect sense. This is a fantastic figure. The The guitar is great. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite accessories that they've ever done in any wrestling figure. Um, 
I didn't like Honky Tonk Man. I still really don't to this day. But yeah, great figure. I have been screaming that I wish Mattel would just do their guitars the way these do. Mattel does the breakaway guitar, which is cool in theory, but the way they have it constructed, like if you look in that thing's direction the wrong way, it just explodes into five different pieces, man. It's so annoying if you're just trying to display your figures. Yeah, this this guitar is the way they should do them Um, because they really didn't even get the Elias guitar right on the retro. Uh, It was still good, but it, it always fell apart whenever you put it up. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. I actually, I, I've talked about it before on the regular podcast. I got some Japanese dollhouse miniature guitars that I've been using now, which they look great, but they're also, they're not breakaway, but they're like actual, like they're real legit, like little mini wooden guitars. So I'm always paranoid about like my son, Brett, grabbing one of them and just going Hulk smash on it or something. <laughs> would be your luck. Up next, we got what I think is the definitive Hasbro Hulk Hogan Series 2. He's got the the Hulkster hug is his action. Um, But to me, like I always in my mind, this was him doing like his standard like Hulk it up pose that he would do at the end of the matches and stuff. Yeah, that's what this is to me. They can call it the Hulkster hug all they want. That's not what this is. This is him uh, juicing it up a little bit. Yeah, Hogan must pose. I, I love this figure. It's probably one of my favorites of the Hasbro line. Um, just just a tremendous figure all the way around. So are you in agreement this is the best Hasbro Hulk Hogan? This actually sits right next to my podcasting mic, so that should tell you whether or not this is my favorite Hulk. Hell yeah. Up next, we have Jimmy Superfly Snooka. This might be the best Jimmy Snooka figure that's been made. This is by far the best Jimmy Snooka figure that's been made. But the the LJN one was whatever. I feel like it was a little bit too skinny. And, you know, LJNs or whatever, they hit the nostalgia blast. But some of those figures aren't super accurate. And they just, they, they didn't pop the same way that Hasbro's did. And the Mattel made a really, really good Jimmy Snuka. But they did, like, late era jobber Jimmy Snuka with the tights and the boots and shit. It just didn't work, man. Like, this is super fly right here. He's got the hand pose. He's the, he was practically made to be a jumper like this is one of the one time i'm not a big fan of the jumper figures but this one just really works yeah this one had to have it and yeah i mean from his hand posed everything they, they nailed this figure you're 100 right all right then we got the macho king randy savage i'm not a big fan of this one i don't know if it's just i i didn't like the brief era of macho king where he was the Macho King, but he was still wearing the regular trunks. Like I liked Macho King and the extravagant jackets and long tights and stuff like that. I was I wasn't a big fan of this era of Macho King. Mattel did do a ringside collectibles exclusive Legends figure of this one. Um, I don't know if Hasbro was supposed to be exact, but this is very close to the attire that he was wearing at WrestleMania Six. So if you like, if you're the the type of collector that likes to get like the same figure from multiple lines, this one's got some value. But I, I'm not a big fan of this one. Yeah, um, I, I like this this figure a lot just because of the crown and the scepter. I think I think it's awesome. But every time I look at this Macho Man face, it reminds me of Billy Mays. Like I I don't know why it just on I think the, it's the smile, dude. Yeah, I I hate that he's smiling on this figure. It looks so dumb. Yeah, they should have went with more of like a like the look he has on the on the box art, man, with the the flexed out neck and just looking like a freaking psycho. Yeah, it would have been a much better choice than Billy Mays. All right, then we got the Hot Rod Roddy Piper Jordan Fantasy book. This one in the series one, I love this figure. This is not the one I was referring to when I said there was another figure in entrance gear 
um, that, uh, that maybe didn't work as well. Th- this figure is just tremendous to me, man. I, I love everything about it. It perfectly captures Hot Rod. <clears throat> yeah, I-, I love this figure. Obviously, I fancy booked it into Series 1 because I really feel like it should have been there um, just because of the fact that it-, it is so good. They did such a good job with this figure. And then, you know, it only took 30 years later, but then uh, Mattel hooked us up with with Roddy kind of in ring gear. Did this one bother you? You said uh, you didn't mind this would be an entrance gear, Jordan? This one didn't bother me just because, like, when you pictured Roddy Piper, you pictured the kilt. You pictured him in a Roddy shirt. Like, so this one didn't bother me as much. I, I don't know. I just, I, I know everybody's going to say, well, the Million Dollar Man was always wearing a suit. I get that, but... I don't know, man. I just I get that Million Dollar Man's wrestling stuff is pretty plain, so I understand why they did the entrance gear. It's just I can't picture someone wrestling in a suit. I could picture Roddy Piper wrestling like this. This one worked for me just because at the time in 91, to me, Roddy Piper was just a color commentator. You know, this was kind of after his main in-ring run, and it was before he had that little run in 92 where he became Intercontinental Champion. So in my mind, he was just an announcer and kind of a guy who popped up like interfering in matches now and then. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this figure at all. Ho, Hacksaw. Jim Duggan with the two by four and the cross eyes. Love this figure, man. Uh, this one's tremendous to me. I, I got nothing bad to say about this figure. Yeah. The two, just having the two by four made it awesome. Um, take the lens off tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that at? That was at WrestleCon at WrestleMania 31. Was that, I can't, what was the details on that? I remember that line, but so, what was the details? So you and Sheena, that was the first person you guys went up and met, and Sheena just hands me your camera and says, hey, take this picture. Uh. I had no idea the lens cap was still on, so I tried to take a picture, <laughs> and then Hacksaw hits me with that. <laughs> take the lens cap off top. <laughs> Sheena, Dude, Sheena sabotaged me. I don't know if that's because we had that epic uh, bar crawl that night, dude. But freaking, I had totally forgotten about that even happening until you said, take the lens off, tough guy. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Yeah, love Hacksaw. If you ever get a chance to meet him at a con, he is one of the absolute nicest wrestlers that uh that i've had the chance of meeting man like both times me and sheena met him he was super personable you know it took a few minutes to chat with us and stuff and it was a blast so definitely check out uh hacksaw if you get a chance to meet him then we have million dollar man so along with uh macho and hulk he gets an end demolition he's in back-to-back series uh rocking the green suit this time what's your thoughts on series two million dollar man i don't know man i'm torn on this one because i i love the way it looks but again, we, we did a uh, million dollar man back to back in entrance gear. Like we couldn't have made this one as trunks one. Like, uh, and the thing know, that's man. weird, I could almost get it if it was a straight repaint, right? Like if they just took the series one figure and put him in the, the money green suit, but they actually put, went through the effort of making this like a brand new figure. You know, it's a totally different figure. Uh, just again in the suit. So little bit strange. This is the one I have in my collection. I actually prefer this one over the black suit just because it's a little bit more colorful. So this is the one that's in my collection right now. But after flipping through this book the last couple of days, I think I may have to go back and grab the black suit also. Which one do you prefer, the green or the black? 
I prefer the black suit personally, just because I feel like that's more of like how I remember him is coming out in the black suit. I mean, I definitely remember the green suit. I just have more memories of him in the black. Yeah, suit. the black suit was like the default option. This is like a variant here. Yeah. Um, one thing to know, a little collector's trivia, if you're that OCD about it, there are two different versions of the million dollar belt. The one in series one had six notches on the strap. The one in series two had nine notches on the strap. You could put this million-dollar belt around the big hosses, so that was a cool thing. <laughs> I, I remember that when I was a kid. Up next is another figure that I don't have in my collection right now, but Ooh. taking this trip down memory lane, I'm going to have to go back and get it. This, this podcast is costing me money, man. The White Trunks Ultimate Warrior. I had this figure as a kid. I remember being so stoked to get it. I actually have a very strong memory. This, so I actually lived in Tennessee from 1990 to 1993. So a lot of my Hasbro collecting days were here where I'm back at nowadays, which is kind of cool. I remember being at the Toys R Us in Memphis and begging my mom for this figure. My mom was smart. She was kind of like Jordan. You know, she was strategic on stuff. She didn't want me to get it because she was like, you already have Ultimate Warrior. You know, why not get the Bushwhackers or why not get Hacksaw Jim Duggan? But something about this warrior and this gear, he's not a, one of the stupid jumper figures anymore. This kind, this mechanism with the Gorilla Press is much more fitting of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, I just love this figure, man. This is a great figure. The only downside to this figure, so um, I did even know this before I read this. So his body is the same color as his hair. They just painted over it. So this figure gets the poop nose a lot if it rubs up against anything. So that's, yeah. that's the only downside to this figure. But yes, this is a phenomenal figure. And the warrior kind of, you know, with just his facial structure. And I think maybe just because it helped him do the face paint. The nose on this figure is kind of beakish um, and it, the tip of it either breaks off or gets all the paint knocked off on it a lot. That's like a big thing. You got to look on eBay on the searches for this because I'm kind of doing some some preliminary market research to see how much this is about to hurt my wallet getting this figure. Um, and you actually have to search like though, like good nose, like series two ultimate warrior, good nose to filter out all the ones that, you know, looks like freaking Voldemort. <laughs> Yeah, great figure, though. I, I love this figure. I mean, it's Warrior. Like, what's not to like? So, key question, man. I think we're this, subjectively, this is definitely the better figure, right? Which one is your favorite, though, out of this or the Series 1 Warrior? Series 1. It, it always yeah, be, same. Just because that was the first Hasbro I bought. So, like, that's, that's, like, sentimental for me. This one might look better, but I just prefer Series 1 just because of the nostalgia feel for it for me. Yeah, 100%, 100% man. Ex exact same thoughts, dude. Th this figure is definitely the better figure of the two, but uh, it's just the sentimental value. It's hard to even really quantify on that Series 1 Warrior. Uh, you ready to get into some tag teams? I am. All right, so first up, we got a couple figures that are actually on display in my uh, on my figure shelf right now, the Bushwhackers. I think this is an absolute perfect depiction of Butch and Luke. This Butch, uh, like looking back through the pictures and stuff, this Butch might be the most perfect Hasbro. Like, his face, that's literally Butch's face, and they threw it on a Hasbro. It's perfect. Yeah, the only critique I had, I was never a fan of, like, that one-legged, like, kicker action. I don't really know what that was even supposed to be doing, but regardless, I, I didn't really mess with the actions too much anyways. Were you big on, like, the actions? On certain ones, but obviously on this one, no. Um, obviously, Luke has the better action of the two. Yeah, I, I mean, the actions were cool. They give it like a little bit of like a fun retro feel. But as a kid, I would never be like 
oh, let me, you know, twist this guy's arm back. So he hits a clothesline. I just kind of played with him freestyle. I feel you. You you just want to do it your own way. I got you, man. That's kind of the way you are in real <laughs> life, too. Like, 100%. The dude. map tells you to go this way, so that's going the other way. He's just a free spirit. He just wants to do what he wants. Yeah, the world says zig, I zag, man. <laughs> shout out shout out to Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> All right, then we got the Rockers. So these are cool, man. These are definitely must-haves for the collection. As a kid, I was really stoked to have them. Looking back, I feel like Mattel could have given us a little bit more on these attires, man. The Rockers were right up there with the Warrior for having crazy ring attires and stuff back in the day. And just the plain green with a little bit of zebra stripe action, I ain't really digging it But if, I, if I'm putting my credit glasses on. We could have at least got like some uh, armbands with stringers or something, couldn't we have? Like anything to make this better, like maybe some better coloring. And this Sean, oh dear God, it looks nothing like him. <laughs> yeah, the hair's just way too blonde, dude. He was never been like a straight up platinum blonde like that. Even at his lightest, he still had a little bit of brown mixed in. The face sculpt's kind of weird. This is like, this looks like kind of puffy, like AWA Shawn Michaels from like 1986 with a blonde wig on. Is what it looks like to me. Yeah, I don't love either one of these figures. Looking back on it now, but they're must haves, right? Oh yeah, yeah. These are. I mean, the Rockers at this time were unlike anything we'd ever seen. Like we talked about on the tag team episode we did. Um, I loved the Rockers, man. They were so innovative for their time. So yeah, still must have figures. Up next, we have the Demolition re-release this time with Crush. So we already talked about Axe. I love this Crush figure, man. I mean, do you got any issues with the with the Crush figure, Jordan, aside from him coming in the two-pack? No, n- nothing wrong with it at all. I love that they had the masks, so that made it even more. Uh, you obviously wanted it for that reason, but no, I, I have no issues with this at all. One thing that was definitely frustrating for the collectors, I didn't even really think about this as a kid because... My OCD didn't really kick in until I got to about 11 or 12 and started getting deep into basketball cards. I was just a pure, innocent child playing with these figures at the time. They came with the masks, which was really cool, except Series 1 didn't have the masks. So if you got these, you had three. If you got this pack, you had three demolition figures, but only two masks. So what what do you do, man? You almost got to get two packs so that way everybody can have a mask, right? Yeah, what a bullshit thing for Mattel to do to us. Like, as kids especially, like, it was hard enough to talk your mom into buying one of these, let alone, hey, can I get the same one twice just so I can have three masks? My mom would have been like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Dude, it would have been nice if they just threw an extra mask in there, man. Give us a third mask. What could that have cost? Like two cents? Probably not even that at the time. It was probably half a cent. Yeah, so another quirky decision, but again, it was the 90s. People just didn't really think about shit like that at the time. And the other thing, there was no Twitter, no Facebook, so you could do something like frustrating. There was literally no way for anybody to kind of like build up any groundswell of complaints. It was just like, you know, maybe I'd complain to Jordan over over lunch, like while we're munching on our Lunchables, and that was as far as it would ever go. <laughs> yeah, what, Companies, what were we going to do? Yeah, companies could really just fucking get away with murder back in the 90s as far as like doing stupid shit for for toy collectors. Yep. One collector's note to know on this in case you are in the market and you are uh, all about authenticity. There are 3D printing. It's a gift and a curse. It's made it really, really readily available to pick up some of these hard to find accessories from our childhood. But it also makes it very easy for people to pass stuff off as authentic if it's actually just a really high quality bootleg. The 3D printed masks that you're going to find are almost always going to be out of resin and they're going to be really stiff and hard. The masks that came with these figures back in the 90s were soft rubber. So if it's soft, 
you want to keep it. If it's hard, you want to throw it back. You know what I mean, Jordan? Uh, cannot relate. <laughs> so if it's hard, you're keeping it? <laughs> yeah. all right let's get into the awards for series two uh jordan you can go first man what is your mvp why do i gotta kick it off that's you kick it off this time i kicked it off last time if you guys heard that motu mr t just took a tumble off the third shelf off a bigger display so i'm looking at him right now it looks like his fist broke off but i think i'm gonna be able to put it back together no big issues for those listening at home yeah you started off I, i'm we're not we gotta change the order here <laughs> all right so first up is my mvp i think i'm gonna go hulk hogan man uh, that thing is just it's essential it's one of the top five or six most important figures in the line to me i love it so even though there's like a ton of Hogan releases in this line. I'm going with Hulkster with the Hulkster hug. Damn it. We agreed on both the first two series. I'm going Hulk too. Nice. Nice. All right. And if I had to uh, fantasy book one replacement, I think again, this is 1991. So I'm thinking WrestleMania seven, I'm dropping the green million dollar man and putting in heel Sergeant Slaughter. We never got that figure in this line. I think we need a heel Iraqi sympathizer. It could be, you could make it pretty similar to the Sarge that we ended up getting. I think it just needed the pointy boots. I think that's all it would need to be a heel one. And I just would have loved having that as a kid. Yeah. That would have been a great choice. Um, so I obviously put Piper in series one, so there's no need for me to have Piper in series two. I would take (laughs) out Piper and I would move series three, Mr. Perfect into this line. I just, I feel like you could have just came out of the gates and hit everything out of the first two lines. Um, Mr. Perfect was at a point, uh, right around this time where he was starting to get bigger and bigger. And I just feel like he should have been part of the first two lines personally. Yeah, I feel you. Perfect at this time, depending on the time of the year, he was either the number two or the number three heel in the company. So it is kind of weird that it took as long as it ended up taking for him to to find his way into the, the Hasbro line. Yep. All right, are you ready for your MOC pop quiz? I'm ready. What was the last sold value for a mint on card series two honky tonk man? Ooh. Uh now you got my me all frazzled. I'll go two sixty. Seventy-three dollars. What? I told you, man, these figures are all over the place on the MOC values, man. Seventy-three dollars. Seventy-three. I didn't think we would see one under a hundred tonight. No, just to make sure it wasn't like an outlier. I kind of uh, I went back and yeah, there were like the last couple ones for that. There was one that was sixty-six. There were a couple in the high eighties. There was one that looked like super minty and a sort of defender case that was for like one twelve. But yeah, you can get you can get honky for right around that seventy to to ninety dollar range. Easy MOC. You can tell I don't buy MOC Hasbro's because I have no clue what any of the values on any of these are <laughs> yeah you're totally blowing the whole fig god gimmick two series in but there's still eight to go man i think you got time to recover all right well there's only one way to find out all right let's get into 1992 series three for those following along in the has book we are on page 43 the great american tune-in is brought to you by the new wwf figures they're so close to the real thing it's like being in the ring WWF figures give you the fury of the hitman. 
the device of the bulldog. Look, it's laying down the wall. The Undertaker will bury those steps. Not with these WWF figures running wild. It's sold separately, dig it? All right, that's the last ad that I could find. And unfortunately, the only high-quality audio version of that had the uh, the lead-in from the Great American Tune-In, which do you remember that on the Cartoon Network when you were a kid, Jordan? When it was, they'd have like an eight-hour marathon of just straight cartoons. Yep, I 100% remember that. Yeah, it was awesome. There was no real commercial breaks. The only thing you would get is every once in a while, you'd get like a quick little 30-second break like that where they'd do like one commercial. Um, but it was awesome. So now we're into 1992. This is kind of right in my wheelhouse as a... As a wrestling fan and a figure fan, I'm 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 turning eight this year, so I'm kind of smart enough to really keep up with shit. I'm not just kind of watching whatever tape my parents rented for me at the video store and enjoying it. I'm really kind of digging in. Um, and this line is th- this series is just right in the freaking nostalgia feel. So we had twelve individual figures this time. We had Big Boss Man, Brutus the Barber, Beefquake, Earthquake, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, another Hulk, Coco Beware. Another Macho Man, Mr. Perfect, Sergeant Slaughter, Texas Tornado, Typhoon, and the Ultimate Warrior. So let's start off with the Boss Man. We got Babyface Boss Man. He slimmed down. He ditched the shades. Still from Cobb County, Georgia. Um, still comes with a nightstick. What's your thoughts on this figure, Jordan? Still a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I love this figure. Um, it, even though this is our second Boss Man, the first three series, this is this is a great figure. I love the clothesline action on this one, or whatever you want to do the sidewalk slam, jailhouse jam, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I I love this figure. Another nightstick, which I'm always uh always down for more accessories with my figs. So yeah, I love this figure. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool one. I prefer series one. How about you? Series one is better just because it has the shades on it. Yeah, I like the bigger, bulkier boss, man. But another cool figure. And then we got Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think this is such an upgrade over Series one, man. Series one just had some pink uh, trunks with a little bit of black detailing on these. These got the the black and orange tiger stripes. They just look awesome. He's got the psycho face scan looking he looks like he's got a real bad sunburn and somebody just took their nails and like drug him down his back that's what this face (laughs) scan is telling me on this beefcake figure man what do you think no i think that uh he's fresh off doing like eight lines of coke is why his face looks like that which would also go right with this time period so this is by far a better beefcake though and that this is why i took series one out because this one makes series one look like a piece of shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely um awesome figure this is another one that's uh, along with the bushwhackers that's the three hasbro figures that i got on display right now then we got another one right in my wheelhouse this is another release that um i can remember exactly where i were i was back at that same toys R Us in memphis i got him and typhoon together earthquakes first figure in the hasbro line what is not to like about this i mean he does the sit down bonsai drop whatever you want to call it like this figure is perfect uh the likeness they did a great job yeah i I love this figure yeah it's it's beautiful man they perfectly captured his body style the gear looks great actually has some pretty detailed gear with like the richter scale drawing and stuff and he's told like you said he can perfectly do his finisher which is always a plus with these nothing bad you can say about this he looks great and he's part of a tag team which which makes him even better then we got Greg the Hammer Valentine. I've never been a Greg Valentine fan. I always, even as a kid, I thought his matches were 
just boring. He was just nothing to me, man. Like it was time to go take a piss and grab some new snacks when he is, uh, when he's on the screen. Um, I really wish we could have gotten the rhythm and blues, Greg Valentine. And I'm glad Mattel is dropping it now. Cause it's just so much more toyetic. And honestly, that was the only time I was ever really entertained by Greg Valentine. I actually got a soft spot for that version of him. The first ever WWF show I went to the main event, it was a house show in Memphis. And the main event was the heart foundation defending the tag team championship against rhythm and blues. So, the, anytime I see this figure, I just think what could have been if we would have gotten the um, the rhythm and blues like we were supposed to. Yeah, I I cannot honestly name you very many Greg Valentine matches when he was on his own. Obviously, rhythm and blues matches are a different story. Uh, but yeah, man, this one, I don't know, man. Just like you said, what does Greg Valentine do for anyone? And what does this figure do for anyone? It's like the most plain Jane action figure. It looks like create a wrestler from 1989. Like there's, there's really just nothing to it. Yeah, he's he's whack. One cool thing about it is that the Legends Greg Valentine that we got from Mattel is almost a perfect match for it. So that's always kind of neat when you can kind of display, you know, the the modern day elites with the old school Hasbro side by side. Then we got another Hulk. Do you have anything to say about this Hulk figure, Jordan? What's the next figure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hulkster rules. Um, it's the same leg mold from series one. I'm kind of looking at the trivia notes in here in the book. Really, I think they just had to have Hulk in every single line. I think that was just that helped kind of move units and it would help bring people in who hadn't been collecting thus far. Then we got Coco Beware with Frankie. Love this figure, man. Like, I, even though Coco was just always such a jobber, uh, this figure was just awesome to me. Yeah, I don't care that he's a jobber. I love this figure, and I always love Coco. I mean, um, he's in one of my favorite tag teams. I loved High Energy, man. So, yeah, I, I always had a soft spot for Coco. Dude, I feel like High Energy were just ahead of their time, man. Like, if they had come out, maybe even in the Attitude Era, especially nowadays, I think they really could have been something because they had some really innovative offense and were doing some cool stuff before Owen Hart blew out his knee. Yeah, I, I love that team. I still do to this day. I have fond memories of that team. And yeah, man, I met uh, I met Coco probably, it's probably been 12 years. That it was sad. It was at a high school gym, so he's wrestling. He was still wrestling. Uh, him and Beefer were actually wrestling on the card, but Coco was just such a cool dude. So, Was this before or after Frankie died in that house fire? <laughs> Jesus. I think it was. You never heard about that? No, I did. But God damn it. I hate when you bring shit up and it makes me laugh. (laughs) When he was, when they were at the Coco Beware's house burned down. I think this was in like 2013. His house burned down and he's already torn up and he's out on the street and somebody was screaming at him because they thought there was a kid in the house that was screaming out, help, help. And Coco Beware, through his tears, had to explain to his neighbor that no, it wasn't a kid. That was just his pet bird, Frankie. Dude, I hate when you bring up random facts and they make me laugh and they shouldn't. Like, R.I.P. Frankie, man. I went, dude. I wish I would have had the fucking ten bell salute queued up on the soundboard right now because we'd hit it for Frankie. Sad days. Another, yeah. The the more I'm looking into it, man. Series three kind of sucked, dude. Now we got the Macho King, or it's the Macho Man again. It's the same figure as the Macho King, except it's got Macho Man on the trunks instead of Macho King and doesn't come with the crown and the scepter. He's still got the hole in the hand, though, so he's ready to grab something and go to town on it with that hand. But, <laughs> I mean, am I wrong, dude? Yeah, I'm not. What are you doing with that? Look at his hand. Look on, on page 51 in the Has book. Take a look at that hand. What does it look like he's about to do? It's uh, definitely... Uh, it he's lo- digging on something. It looks like his, his uh, 
finisher is the Macho Masher, which definitely could be uh, what you're thinking of. Yeah, he's going for the cream of the crop right there for sure. <laughs> Jesus. Then we got what I think is low-key the MVP of the Hasbro line, Mr. Perfect. I say that. One, this figure is awesome. We talked about how Mr. Perfect should have been in the first two series, but this mold, this body style, ended up getting reused for damn near half the figures that would come after him. It was just so versatile. Um, Awesome, awesome figure, man. My only complaint with this figure is the on-card presentation of it. Why the hell does he not have his yellow trunks on in the fucking picture? That is kind of weird. It's not like they couldn't find a picture. He wore his neon yellow singlet all the time, so they totally could have found a picture of him in it. What a botch. And the picture of him is cool on the card, too. Like, imagine if he would have had his yellow singlet on. Like, what a botch and a half on that. But, yeah, I love this figure. Up next, we got Sergeant Slaughter's debut on the line. You know, I talked about it getting a heel slaughter in Series 2 in 1991, but this figure is damn near perfect. Like, it just totally captures the SAR. It's probably my favorite Sergeant Slaughter figure we got. Got the pointer finger going, you know, listen up, maggot. He's got the huge chin. Um, I, I got nothing bad to say about this figure. I think this is pretty much perfectly encapsulates what the Hasbro line was all about. Yeah, they definitely smashed this one. Um, just, I mean, just look at his face. It's it's literally Sarge. Like, they, they killed this figure. So, 100% in agreement with you. This is great. Little fun fact. Sergeant Slaughter is the only wrestler to appear in two different Hasbro figure lines, as Hasbro also produced the G.I. Joe line through the 80s. It's an awesome fact. Up next, we got another one of my favorite Hasbros, the Texas Tornado. So I was a big Kerry Von Erich fan as a kid, and this figure is another one that's damn near perfect. He looks great with that bright red gear. The action perfectly matches him. You know, the, tor- the, the discus punch, a.k.a. the tornado punch, was his finisher, and this figure with the spinner action is perfect for it. Um, I love this figure. Probably my top ten favorite Hasbros. This is a really great figure. Um when I went back to collecting, this was one of the first figures I found locally. So yeah, this was a this is a great figure, and like you said, it, it encapsulates what he did so well. Um, his his finisher on the figure is exactly what he was. Then we have Typhoon. We touched on this earlier. The other half of the Natural Disasters. Um, excellent package between the two of these guys. They just they look tremendous. Uh, together posed up. This was originally going to be a tugboat figure. They actually started production on tugboat. Luckily, he turned heel early enough in the process that they were able to take the earthquake body, do a repaint with the typhoon gear, and take the head they were going to use for tugboat and uh, and throw it on here. So, very very cool figure. And the great thing is that Mattel and their retro line they're giving us tugboat this year, so it's a win win. Yeah, this is a badass figure. So, yeah, nothing to add from what you said. Just badass figure. And last but not least, we have one more Ultimate Warrior. This one's my least favorite. I mean, the figure's cool. There's nothing really wrong with it. But for whatever reason, I just never really dug the the purple and yellow gear. I agree with you. But I, for some reason, this one has like a soft spot for me. Um, I, I just, I really like it. I, I think it's cool with the purple gear. But I get why people don't like it. It's just, I mean, again, anything Ultimate Warrior I'm down for. But there is way too many damn repeats in the first three series. Like, I, I yeah, between Macho, Macho Hulk, and Warrior appear in all three. You got Big Boss Man's already got two. Brutus has already got two. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot. I think that was just kind of the name of the game back then, though. They had to have 
the top stars in the line. Cause if you know, you're keeping up with it, they're only doing one series a year. So that means if somebody missed out on Hulk in, you know, 1990, they're just done, you know? I get it. It's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's weird to me, but I, whatever. I think we're, I think the Warriors are cool because they're totally different gears. The Macho Man will get on my nerves and the Hulk ones kind of get on my nerves just because they're so similar, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. What is your MVP for Series 3? I'm going to go with Coco Beware. Um, I love that he comes with Frankie. It's just such a cool figure. And like I said, man, it's cool that Coco got a figure. So love this figure. That's a great choice. I'm going with Carrie Von Eric. I just love that figure. I still think that's the best Carrie Von Eric figure. Um, the toy was great. Carrie Von Eric was an awesome superstar. And I just remember in my fig fed, Texas Tornado was always pushed to the moon, man. Like he was always he was always over strong in the uh, World Championship Wrestling Federation as a kid. Yeah, good choice. All right, who are you replacing and who are you replacing them with? So I know I probably should take out Mr. Perfect, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take out Hogan, and I'm going to replace him with Bad News Brown. Mm, good choice. Was Bad News Brown still around in 92, though? He, so when they were making these figures, which was 1991, he was still around. So Fair enough. When these released, no, he was not. But at the time, he was still around when they were making these figures. So I feel like they still would have released it. So I'm going, I'm kind of in a similar vein on my fantasy booking on this one. I'm getting rid of Macho Man just because I think that figure is completely unnecessary. And I'm replacing him with someone that was all over our TV throughout the entire Hasbro line. Like I would, I would venture to say this guy was wrestling on superstars or all American wrestling every single week, but never got a figure. The Brooklyn Brawler. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good choice. Yeah, I think he'd be cool as a toy. And, uh, you know, like I said, Steve Lombardi deserves a figure, man. He he did his thing. He he put over a lot of guys in the day. Yeah, 100%. All right, time for your MOC quiz for Series 3. What do you think a mint on card Greg the Hammer Valentine is going for? Oh, God, this better not be very much. Uh, 65 bucks. Wow, exactly right, dude. Thank God, status restored. <laughs> yes, I'm back. You're back in God mode, man. Greatness on a different level. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> dude. 65 bucks. That's exactly what the last sold was. It's pretty wild. All right, let's get into Series 4. This one was a weird one. There were four individual figures and two tag teams. These came out in 1992. But the cool thing is, you know, you were bitching about your repaints. These are all brand new figures. So first off, we'll go with the tag teams. We got the Nasty Boys. Then we got the Legion of Doom. And then we got, really, you could make an argument, this is the Mount Rushmore of Hasbros, but four outstanding figures. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, The Undertaker, Bret Hitman Hart, and the British Bulldog. Yeah, this is a uh, outstanding set. Yeah, we're on page 59 for those following along in the Hasbrook. First off, we're leading off with my all-time favorite wrestling figure, my all-time favorite toy. One of my all-time favorite physical possessions, if not my all-time favorite, Series 4, the original Hasbro, Bret the Hitman Heart. Like, I, I could probably cut a whole hour and a half podcast just on how much I love this figure. Um, it's actually getting me kind of emotional just thinking about the, this figure. Like, no lie, dude. Um yeah, this this one's perfect, man. Even though they had there were Hasbro Hitman figures that were more detailed and stuff with the the gear, something about this one it just hits, man. Um, it, it it's just perfection to me. Yeah, dude, it it really did it. It encapsulated everything Brett was at this time. The, the figure looks just like him, man. Like 
we always bitch about Mattel getting these wrong and stuff. This they got this exactly right. Like yeah, it's kind of got like the defiant snarl going. Like yeah, it it just you're right. It just looks like Brett, man. Yeah, the the card is phenomenal. Like dude, yeah, this is a good one. The figure's super playable. He's just got the standard like wind up arm action. So like, there's no weird poses or anything. Like yeah, like I said, perfection. Up next, we got the British Bulldog. So a couple things on this one. There was originally scheduled to be a Bulldog accessory that came along with it that got canceled for whatever reason. I don't know if they just couldn't get it right or what. But this is something that I never knew until I read it in the book. And I didn't have time today because I've been so busy running around doing stuff. But I got to dig my figure out to verify this. According to the Has book, the Union Jack, the British flag... It's actually molded on the wristbands, but was never painted. I have played with this figure for fucking hours as a kid. I've handled it a lot as as an adult, like just going through my collection and stuff. I have never noticed the Union Jack on his wristbands. Did you know that was there, Jordan? Had no idea. I mean, this is 30 years later, and I'm just now figuring this out. So kind of mind-blowing. But yeah, I'm going to definitely yeah. check I'm it. I'm not 100% sure that they didn't just do that as a fucking Easter egg to prank people. Um, I'm definitely checking that next time I get out and mess with my figures to see if that's true. But another great figure. This is, again, you know, 1991, 1992 Bulldog with the braids. Uh, really nothing bad I can say. The action perfectly suits it. Another home run. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with this figure. This, there's going to be a lot of this in this series four. I mean, th- this line really did kill it. Series four bangs, bro. Eight 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 figures, all eight are pretty much perfect, man. Up next, we got Ricky Steamboat. Even though this was the most repug in ring era for Ricky Steamboat, this dude was he's a main event talent anywhere in the world. He never should have been presented as an actual dragon. I don't know what Vince was thinking because this guy was, you know, he just, he, before he started this run, he was main eventing across the country in NWA slash WCW with Ric Flair. Uh, so it's kind of, they could have really made this guy a main event talent, but instead they just made him like a low to mid card dude in a dragon gimmick for whatever reason. Uh, you know, shout out to Vince and his infinite wisdom. But that being said, this is one of the most toyetic gimmicks ever and Hasbro nailed it. Yeah. This gimmick might have sucked, but this figure is phenomenal. Like, this is such a toyetic figure, like you said. They did it again in de- Defining Moments, and yeah, dude, this is uh, this is a killer figure. Yeah, this looks this looks awesome uh, displayed with the Defining Moments Mattel as well. So even though as a big Ricky Steamboat fan, I kind of hate it for the dude. I love it as a figure collector. Yeah. Then we got The Undertaker, another iconic figure. I played with this toy so fucking much as a kid, man. Like, I think I actually, I think I ended up getting two of these because that first one I broke his hat off. I was, I just played with it so much. He had his hat broken half. Uh, he does got the molded on hat, which was kind of weird, but I think it just works for Undertaker. And I just love this figure. So it's funny you said you had to get two of these because so did I. So I had to get two of them because my dog got a hold of one of them and chewed off the choke slam arm. Oh, no. So I had to get a second one for that reason. But yeah, dude, again, th- this series can do no wrong for me. So it's funny. You called that the choke slam arm. According to the Has book, there was originally going to be an urn that was produced. And that's the reason his hand is molded open. There was going to be an urn that kind of perfectly fit in that hand, which which makes sense now looking at the shape of it. Well, guess what, Has book? To me, it's the choke slam hand. 
<laughs> now, which one do you prefer? Because when Mattel kicked off the retros in Series One, they did Undertaker in the uh, the purple, which I kind of always preferred the black and purple to the uh, the black and gray. Which which one do you like better, the Hasbro or the Mattel? I do like black and purple better, but this Hasbro definitely hits all the all the right nostalgia feels. Yeah, I, when I started piecing together my Hasbro collection, it was after the retros had dropped. So I actually went with the black and purple for my Undertaker representation. But another one add to the list. Um, I think I'm going to have to go back and get that black and gray Undertaker and, and throw it in the mix. Yeah, that's a good one. Then we have the Legion of Doom. You guys heard their theme. It's kicking off this episode, kicking off every episode of the Pod Warriors. So you know how big of fans me and Jordan are of these two. Um, SummerSlam weekend, we were rocking out, watching them, you know, help the Hart Foundation win the tag belts against Demolition at SummerSlam 90, beating the Nasty Warriors for the tag belts at SummerSlam 91. We are huge Legion of Doom Road Warriors fans, and these figures fucking rock. Spoiler alert. Th- these are my favorite Hasbro's of all time. Not even close. It, wow. It, it's literally not even close either. I love these figures so much. The fact that they put the spikes and everything on the shoulder pads, dude, even to this day, like when you see this figure, it brings a smile to your face. Just a badass figure. Um, yeah, I, I love these figures so much. And like Seth said, these two mean a lot to me and Seth and, um yeah i'd be i i definitely have to say that now that these are my two favorites they're cool figures absolutely no denying that man some of the best wrestling figures ever made but there's been so many good legion of doom figures made that i think it kind of hurts these especially when looking at the ones that jacks dropped so these guys came out in the jacks bca line about five years after these and that was the first time we got them with the removable shoulder pads and to me that was such a game changer man being able to take off the shoulder pads because as cool as these were it was always a little frustrating trying to play with them you know it's kind of hard to do a true like doomsday device and and i don't know it was just a little bit weird i think these are ones that the entrance gear kind of hurt them for me as cool as they look on display the actual playability i think was affected a little bit by the shoulder pads being on there so that's why instead of like a perfect 10 i'm giving them like a 9.9 i get it but yeah it just doesn't get any better than this for me for hasbro's yeah definitely as a modern day collector like just for display purposes yeah these are definitely probably my top five or six favorite hasbro's then we got the nasties really cool figures you know it's no insult to them these are probably at the bottom of the rankings on this set which is really just a compliment to how great this set is because these nasty boys are excellent yeah, I mean, th- what didn't they nail about this? Like, dude, Sags looks exactly like Sags. Knobs looks just like Knobs. Like, they killed these figures, and I love the Nasty Boys. Always have a soft spot for them. I mean, yeah, there, there's nothing I can say bad about these. Is it fair to say that Series 4, the the guys behind the Hasbro line were really just feeling themselves? I mean, this to me is the perfect Hasbro line. So, yeah, 100%, I think that the guys were feeling themselves. It's really a total departure, man. I don't know if it was just like a happy accident to quote Bob Ross and maybe like, you know, 92, the business was in a dip and maybe they were like, shit, we shouldn't put out as many figures. Because, you know, the first three sets always all had about a dozen figures in them. This one, they pared it down to four and the tag team. And I think maybe just being able to focus on that small number of figures just allow them to really just crank out home runs on every single one of them. Yeah, this is a great set. What do you? What is your MVP of the set? Come on, bro! I just said they're my favorite Hasbro's. It's Legion of Doom. 
Yeah, that was a that was an easy one. I'm going with Brett. Obviously, you yeah. guys heard me. You know, the, Brett's like my favorite thing ever. Like aside from my, like I said, at all physical possessions, Brett's number one. Man, sneakers, hats, figures, anything that Brett Hart has, Bro's number one. What would you replace from this line? I wouldn't. I, this to me is a perfect line. I, I get that the Ricky Steamboat is not perfect, and you could replace that one, but I, I can't replace anything on this line. I like this line too much. Yeah, if I, I think I agree, man. I don't think there's anything I could replace off this line, dude. What I mean, nineteen they pretty much nailed nineteen ninety two. Also, that's the other thing for Hasbro. If you go, if you actually look at the card for WrestleMania eight, every single person on that card has a Hasbro figure. So this is the one year that there's really not anybody missing. So I think I agree with you, man. I think I'm not. I think I'm going to withhold from uh, doing a replacement on this one. All right, let's hear it. What is the MOC value on Series 4, Brett the Hitman Hart. I feel like this one's going to stump me. Um, man, Brett's figures hold their value. I'll say I'll say Brett is $225. $412. Oh, my God. Dude, Brett's hot right now. You know, FTR and CM Punk have been putting Brett back in the uh, – Back in the limelight, man. I think Brett Merch is good. You saw what the line was, dude, for it freaking yeah. uh, Starcast, yeah. man. I think Brett is uh, Brett stuff is going up in value right now. Yeah. Wow. All right, let's get into series five. So series five, we're back to the more traditional, um, the more traditional Hasbro strategy. Didn't need to do some research and figure out what the hell was going on with that series four set. Ten individual figures, no more two packs. You got another Hulk. Another Macho Man, IRS, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, the Mountie, Brick the Model Martell, Sid Justice, Skinner, the Warlord, and Virgil. Let's start off with the Hulk. So this is the first Hulk we got with no tank top. Are you a fan of this Hulk figure? Um, it, It's okay. I just, it, again, this is our fourth Hulk figure. I, do I, did I really need it? No. I feel like if we were going to get another Hulk, they should have done um, like what they ended up doing with the mail away with the red tank top and the red pants and stuff. Because, you know, this is 93. So that's kind of what he was rocking at WrestleMania 9. So I think it would have worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, there's nothing offensive about this Hulk figure other than the person. Uh, but, yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's just there. It's a no for you. It's a no for me. All right, and then we got IRS. He's another one with a weird leg stomper action. Really cool looking figure, though. This is a big yes for me. Uh, we needed IRS because we already had Million Dollar Man, so definitely a big yes for me. All right, then we got Jim the Anvil Neidhart making his debut, part of the new foundation, rocking the MC Hammer pants and the checkerboard boots. I love this figure. So this is... Uh, um, I like this figure so much. I mean, I wish it would have been the Heart Foundation, but I love the Anvil. Always had a soft spot for him, so I, I like this. I, I like this one. I just wish it was Heart Foundation. That's the only thing I would change about it. Yeah, definitely. He was actually originally planned to be part of the Heart Foundation. This is in the early, early stages of production, but then you know they kind of went their separate ways, and Brett went solo. So that's why they pivoted to the uh, the new Foundation look later on. He was actually going to be a two pack with that Brett Hart that we saw last series. Now we got Macho Man. Now this is the one I alluded to earlier on that I did not like in the entrance gear. I think just the 
the stuff on the sleeves and the big cowboy hat, to me, I felt like I just couldn't play with this guy. So that's why I was never a fan of this figure, even though it does look pretty cool. And it's neat that we pretty much got it remade in the Ultimate Edition line a few series back. This is definitely one that you just posed on your shelf and forgot it was there because you could break one of the the things on his arms off. You could break his fingers off. Yeah, this is this is definitely not a playable figure at all. All right, then we got the Mountie with the cattle prod. I I actually got a uh, 3D uh, printed reproduction cattle prod for my Mountie figure, but it works, man. I love this figure. I honestly, I. I... I wish this would have been a, I mean, it didn't need to be earlier, but I mean, the Mountie had obviously been around for a little bit of time at this point. I'm with you. I love this figure. I think it's great. Definitely needed to happen. And I'm happy we got it. Yeah. 92 would have fit a little bit better. That's when he had that kind of two day run his icy champ and he had his big feud with the big boss, man would have made a little bit more sense in 92, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Up next, we got Rick the Model Martel. Now, this is one in ring gear. I feel like this one would have been better if they did him in his entrance gear with the jacket and the sunglasses, and maybe we get the uh, the arrogant spray. You know, like basically exactly how he is on the box art. I feel like the figure could have been a little bit better like that. I feel like the common wrestling fan doesn't even know who this is just because of what you just said. It's such a plain figure. There's nothing to it. Um, yeah. It, it needed something to stand out, like – there's just nothing about it that stands out at all. I mean, we obviously know who it is because we're huge wrestling fans, but I feel like someone that watched wrestling back in the early 90s and took a break from it after they were kids wouldn't know who this was to this day. You know, as I'm looking at it right now, I feel like I could show it to like my son Brett tomorrow and tell him it's an Ezekiel figure. And he would believe it. <laughs> all right then we got sid justice again this is like a year past when sid was even a thing in wwe dropping in 93 but i love this figure yeah this this figure needed to happen and i'm glad it did um yeah it's just a great figure i love the bigger dude figure so i'm all for it another one we got the first member of the famed hasbro 5 skinner when I was a kid, I did not understand why why we needed this figure. As I've gotten older, I love this figure. Hold dude. on, I hold fucking... on, hold on. As I got older, I grew to appreciate it just because <laughs> of what it looked like and what it was. I just, when I was a kid, dude, I just walked by it and I was like, "What the hell is the point of this?" But I, I get it. See, I like Skinner because I used to see this guy wrestle in Memphis. So again, going back to again, this this line lines up so well with my early childhood because. I'm back here now living where I lived then. We used to go to the USWA. That was Jerry Lawler's promotion in Memphis. They would have shows every Monday night at the Mid-South Coliseum. And Steve Kern wrestling in a tag team there is the fabulous one. So even as a little Mark at eight years old, I recognized him when he debuted as Skinner in WWE. I was like, holy shit, I used to watch this guy wrestle on Monday nights. And now he's uh, some you know alligator wrestler out of Florida. So I always thought it was cool. And I thought they captured this figure. I would love to see Skinner get a release in the elite line. I have no idea what Steve Kern's relationship is with WWE. Um, I assume it's still good. You know, he was the owner of Florida championship wrestling, which WWE bought and turned into NXT. So I can't imagine they're on bad terms. Um, I think a Skinner elite would be great. And I, I love this figure, man. Again, we'll get into it, but he is one of five people that only ever had a figure in the Hasbro line. 
Up next, we have... Sorry, my page is sticking together. I wonder why. Virgil, another figure I love, man. Even though dude's kind of repug. Jordan, tell your story, your, your recent interaction you had with Virgil. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're at GCW, and Virgil's taking pictures, as Virgil does, charging money, as as Virgil would do. Got to get that breadstick money. Got to get that fuck money and meat sauce money. Uh, he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, can you break a 20? And I was like, what? Like, dude, you're Virgil. You're the one charging for photos. What do you ask me to break your 24? I didn't have any change, so basically I told Virgil to go fuck himself. Yeah, I'm still mad at Sheena for not getting a picture. I'm like, dude, how do you not get a picture of Virgil harassing Jordan for change <laughs> at a GCW show? Blew it. All that being said, Virgil was over like Rover as a baby face in like 1991. Again, the production time on these figures back in the day was super slow. So it's unfortunate the figure didn't come out to 93. But I love this toy. And Virgil was always over big in my fig fad. Like he was always getting a push. Yeah, I, I like this figure a lot, too, when uh, I was younger. And even to this day, I mean, it, it just has aged well. It's a good figure. And. I mean, what was not to like about Virgil? There's nothing offensive about him. He's just a good dude. The pop when he finally turned on the Million Dollar Man was incredible. Like, it's it's kind of a shame he didn't do more with it, but he he was over big time and a really cool figure. One I'd love to see Mattel do. Uh, one figure that Mattel has already redone is the Warlord. I Even though this guy was really kind of just a glorified jobber, I love this look. Hell yeah. This figure's badass. I mean... Such a cool looking figure with the the head gear on, and yeah, it, just a great figure. Glad they did it. These are the kind of guys that you, you look back and you're glad that they got figures when they did, because I mean, who knows if we would ever got them? Yeah, and it just really it kind of makes like the depth of the line, dude. It really gives you that like war, the true like world building feel, you know, and just kind of rounds out your your fig fed, dude. You can't have all main eventers. You got to have the mid card and lower card guys in there too. Yeah. All right, so let's hear it, Jordan. What is your MVP of Series 5? This one's a tougher one because I feel like this series isn't the greatest. Um, but I'm going to go with the Mountie as my MVP for this series. I think I'm going Sid, man. I think I got to go Sid. Something about that figure just, I think it perfectly captured Sid. Looks really cool, and I just have fond memories of playing with it as a kid. Yeah. All right, what are you fantasy booking to replace? So I am taking Macho Man out, and I am putting in Hercules. Mm, good choice. Now, are you going like straight up heel Hercules, or are you going like power and glory Hercules? I'm going power and glory, glory Hercules. Okay, strategic pick. I'm interested to see if we're going to see Paul Roma making an appearance at some point. You'll just have to wait and find out. That's what we call a tease. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am dropping... Hulk Hogan, just because I do not like that figure. And I'm throwing in the Mega Maniacs Brutus Beefcake that we never got. You know, the sample dropped, um, I think, in 2019. One finally showed up on eBay, the red and yellow Mega Maniacs Brutus Beefcake. I'm throwing that back in the line. I'm going to get Brutus his third figure instead of giving Hulk his fifth. Good choice. All right, and now for your MOC quiz. What is the MOC value of Skinner. Ooh. I'm going to go $85. $205. What? I told you, dude, he's one of the Hasbro five. That's the only Skinner figure you can get. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. 
I don't know. These are so weird for me, dude. Like some of the people, I told you- some of the people that you would think would be expensive weren't expensive, and some of the people that you would think like should be a little low. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> All right, we are almost an hour and a half in, and we are halfway through with the line. Are you ready to take a little break for a uh, brewski? Yeah. All right, sticking with Kanye, college dropout. We got the school spirit instrumental. Jordan, what are you sipping on tonight? I am drinking Miller High Life tonight. I had to go a little bit lighter of a beer because I knew this would be a marathon. So if I was doing IPAs, I might be done by this point. Um, I'm still pretty drunk already, but it's okay. We'll keep it going. (laughs) I am drinking a beer called Watermelon Girlfriend. So this is by Prairie Artisanal Ales. Do you remember those like peach cobbler beers that you brought here, Jordan, when you came for NWA Always Ready? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it's by the same brewery, uh, Duclaw Brewing out of, uh, no, excuse me, this is Krebs Brewing out of Oklahoma. But this is a sour ale with watermelon, sea salt, orange, lemon, and lime. It tastes exactly like a freaking, uh, like watermelon candy. So I'm really loving this thing. Oh, good choice. Sounds good. Yeah, and this is actually my second beer of the show. I started off with a Hopperbolic, a uh, hazy, juicy New England style IPA made by uh, Queens and Kings Brewing right here in uh, in Memphis, and it was seven point seven alcohol. And the one I'm drinking right now is a six percent alcohol. So we'll see how we do for the uh, the last five series of Hasbro's. <laughs> gonna be interesting. You guys are gonna get our unfiltered thoughts. All right, so series six, if series four was like, uh, you know, perfect, a slim, dim, a slim down set, you know, just full of perfection, series six is like the other side of that same coin. We only got six figures, and they were the Berserker, El Matador, Papa Shango, the Repo Man, Ric Flair, and Tatanka. So... In all seriousness, I think all of these except one are pretty solid figures. But as far as like the overall lineup and the wrestler selection, it's just kind of funny that this was the next like slim down set. These also, strangely enough, came out in 1993. So it's the first time we had two sets in the same year. Um, But let's hit it with the Barbarian. He actually comes with the cloth tunic. Pretty cool. Um, I'm a fan of this figure. Uh, What about you, Jordan? Oh, yeah. I love this figure. Um I probably would have put this in maybe a year earlier line just because 92 is when he was really starting to go. But yeah, I, I feel like this is a great place for this figure and I love this figure. So so I got a question, something you, you said there. Did the Berserker ever really go? You said in 92 he started to go. I never really remember the Berserker going anywhere. So I guess my thing is more that I, I just remember seeing him on TV a ton at the end of 92. Um, gotcha. I, I don't necessarily mean he was going anywhere. I just mean he was on TV a lot. Huss, 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 huss. Up next, we got El Matador, Tito Santana. Um, sadly, they, I don't know why it bugs me so much looking back. They have him on the card as just El Matador. Like, why couldn't you put El Matador in quotes and his with a Tito Santana? Or better yet, just call him Tito Santana. Like, I never really remembered his name being just El Matador, do you? No, I, I don't ever remember that. Yeah, I felt like he was always presented as Tito Santana. And the crazy thing is the bio card on the back of the box is the old school, like classic Tito Santana. 
Yeah, it's such a weird thing with this figure. I noticed that when I was looking through this um, the last couple of days, and yeah, what a weird figure with the white trunks and everything is the picture. It's so weird. Yeah, this is one too that I think would have benefited from being in full entrance gear with the uh, you know with the jacket and everything, similar to like the the Los Matadors Elite figures that came out. Uh, this is another one I would not mind seeing Mattel make a crack at it. I don't know if they ever will, just because Tito Santana's Elite is famously like the all-time biggest peg warmer. But I dig this figure. I think this may have been like a budget pick because uh, reading in the Hasbook, this figure was a complete repaint of Series 1 Jake the Snake Roberts from the neck down. Huh, interesting. Didn't know that. And then we have what I think is one of the worst Hasbro figures, Ric Flair. The uh, He's got the crazy eyes, man. It ended up coming out that the reason skipped, this figure showed up like this. You skipped a page. You skipped a page. Oh, well, let's do Ric Flair now and then we'll go okay, back. Okay, go for it. All right, so we're on <laughs> Ric Flair. He's got the crazy eyes. It came out that the reason, and he also had a similar look to this in the 1993 um, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis video games that came out. It's because the, for whatever reason, the reference photos that uh, WWF distributed to their, um, you know, licensors and stuff this year were pictures from the post Royal Rumble 1992 interview that Ric Flair did when he won the world championship. So he's already wrestled for over an hour, just won the world championship. And he just gave this crazy eyed promo. One of the best promos ever, you know, he said with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest day of my life. (laughs) And that was the freaking photos that they distributed. So that's why we got crazy eyes, Ric Flair on all this different shit in the mid nineties. Yeah. I I hate this figure. I I think this is one of the worst Hasbro's made, but I mean, it's Ric Flair and they got him in the Hasbro line. So I guess whatever. Luckily Mattel did a much better version of it um, in the retro line. And also there was a really, really great Ric Flair Galoob figure that was out there to be had at the, at the same time. So if you were a young, uh, a young fig fetter, you could, uh, you could make do with a better Ric Flair. All right, let's go back to the page I skipped. So we had Papa Shango, excellent figure. I love this dude so much. Love the gimmick. I I wish Papa Shango would have got more of a run than he did. I I think he was so unappreciated at the time when he was out, probably due to that kind of repug storyline he had going with Ultimate Warrior. But Papa Shango was just the coolest. The look, the gimmick, everything. Uh, Love this dude and love this figure. So I was literally about to heal off on you and unplug my internet when you said this is one of the worst figures ever. I was like, dude, if this dude's talking about Papa Shango right now, I'm slapping the shit out of him next time I see him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? There's nothing wrong with this figure. No, it's I, awesome. I love Papa Shango. Yeah, dude. He's great. Such a great figure. And just I, everything about him was awesome. The voodoo stuff was just, I mean, it kind of frightened you. So it was awesome. I, I love this figure and I loved him as a, a wrestler. A uh, little fun fact, the body for Papa Shango was going to be used for the diesel that got canceled um, right as the line was ending there in 1995. Hmm. Then we have the second appearance for Barry Darso. Actually, the third appearance for Barry Darso. He was in Series 1 and Series 2 as Demolition Smash, and now he's back as the Repo Man in Series 6, man. Uh, such a weird gimmick, but I love this figure. I do too. This is a great figure. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just so weird that he gets a figure and some of the guys we've already named off didn't. Like, it's just, it's so weird. 
Yeah, and the jumper pose. Why the hell was Repo Man in the jumper pose? Yeah, I don't ever remember Repo Man doing any jumping, period. I think by this time in the line, the folks at Hasbro were just completely checked out on wrestling and were just pumping out these figures completely independent from like any type of fandom or anything. Yeah. Then we got Tatanka, the Native American warrior. Pretty cool figure. Not my favorite Tatanka, but I think it works. Yeah, it, it's definitely not my favorite either. The action, whatever it is, what it is, but yeah, it, it's just a, it, there's nothing offensive about it. It's just it's just there. I feel like he needed a tomahawk, man. I feel like if he would add a tomahawk, that would have made all the difference in the world. Yeah, would have probably made a, a big difference, honestly. All right, who is your MVP of Series Six? Uh, Pop Shango, no question. Yeah, this is hands down. He's kind of lapping the field. I really don't think it's close, man. Who would you have replaced? I So we talked about how bad the Ric Flair is. I, I can't take Ric Flair out just because he, he needs to be in the Hasbro series. So I'll take out Repo Man and I will replace him with Paul Roma. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. And now we got our power and glory. Yep. I would drop this Ric Flair just because the figure sell repug. I'm going to stick with like the old school feel and I'm going to throw a Bob Backlund in there, man. You know, Bob Backlund wasn't in this line. He was a big part of really, really more 94 than 93, but I think you could go ahead and slot him in here. You know, he had a match at WrestleMania nine against Razor Ramon. So I think Bob Backlund works in this line right now. It's yeah, a good one. All right. MOC. And, and also, yeah, my MVP was Papa Shango. If, uh, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> All right. It's time for your MOC quiz. Let's stick with him. What can you get a mint on card Papa Shango for? God, these are tough. Um, MOC Papa Shango, I'll go 225. You can get him for $160. (sighs) So weird, man. You got to remember, dude, like the later sets, they were setting, or I wouldn't say the later sets, these middle sets, like maybe sets like four through eight. Dude, they sat in those tubs at KB's ten or three for ten dollars for years, dude. I mean, maybe maybe my it's just my kid mind has translated wrong, but I feel like there was like for like a solid two or three years there was a crate of Hasbro WWF figures in the front of KB's. Am, am I crazy on that? I don't think you're crazy. I just can't believe that you can get Papa Shango for that cheap. Like. I feel like his value has started to go up again. Maybe I'm wrong on that because I felt like I looked for one of these in like the past like three months and I thought it was like 200 bucks, but I guess I was wrong. I mean, you could go from 200 to 160, dude. Off, it's I, I wasn't getting. I was literally just looking for the last sold, so it may have been off an auction. You know, sometimes auctions can be kind of screwy. You can get some steals on auction style eBay listings sometimes. So, so the ones that are listed right now, just because I was curious after you said that, the ones that are listed right now are about 225. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was just a one-off auction, or I didn't look in the descriptions either. It could have been like some minor damage on the card or something on the one I found, but. But yeah, let's move on to Series 7. Another one for 193, for 1993. So 1993, they were definitely cranking out these figures with the, the smaller sets. This has got Kona Crush in the purple and yellow, Kamala, Owen Hart, Nails, Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels. So six brand new figures in the line. Um, two of them are, are new gimmicks, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a brand new figure. Yep. Um Cool set. Let's get into Kona Crush. I love Kona Crush. I think he's another dude who 
doesn't really get the love he's deserved, man. Like he was at one point, he was kind of like the number two, number three baby face in the company. Big colorful look, rocking Hawaii. You guys know I got a ton of love for Hawaii as much time as I spent there. Um, yeah, this is another one. He uses the Mr. Perfect body. Again, we talked about it. Mr. Perfect, the MVP of this whole line. Um, I love this figure. Yeah. I got really nothing to add to what you just said other than I'm I'm right there with you. I love this figure. I love the paint. Everything about it's great. Shaka bra. Shaka. Then we got Kamala. So this one's fame. This one actually has transcended wrestling figures to be one of the most well-known and collectible action figures ever. Because there's, depending on who you talk to, there's anywhere from from 10 to 20 Kamala's with a moon on his belly instead of the star that leaked out into production. And those things go for like $25,000, man. So, uh, pretty, pretty ridiculous, especially for Kamala as cool as he was that anybody would drop that kind of money for an action figure of his. That being said, I love this figure. The jumper pose actually works because his finisher was the big splash. Um, I remember playing with this figure a ton as a kid. Another one that I just love. Yeah. this is a great figure. Just, I mean, it, it really encapsulates who he was and um, every everything about it is perfect. Yeah, it, I, there's nothing to add to what you said. It's just a great figure. Then we got Boss Man. <laughs> the big Boss Man's big rival. A personal favorite of the Chick Foley Show crew. This dude, you know, looking back, he was a baby face, dude. Nails was the ultimate baby face, man. He was telling us in 1993, Nails was telling us what a fucking dickhead the big boss man was, dude. How abusive, how cruel, how sadistic he was. Nobody would fucking listen to him. Sure as shit, you know, seven, eight years later, we see big boss man killing another man's dog and then feeding it to him. And then going to a man's, uh, the funeral of his father, strapping his freaking father's casket to the back of his car and pulling it out of the ground and driving off with it. Dude, talking about Big Show's daddy. (laughs) I think Nails is, without a doubt, the most misunderstood wrestler in the history of the business. Uh, Yeah, looking back on it, like when we were kids, obviously we didn't think that because, I mean, obviously Nails was supposed to be the bad guy and he was a prisoner. So, But yeah, looking back on it, um, revisionist history is definitely not sitting well with the boss man. Um, but yeah, another great figure. These ones are tough to find with the numbers still intact. So when you find one that's not MOC with the numbers still on the front pocket, it's pretty cool to find. The uh, Yeah, mine, mine has some minor fading on the numbers, but you can still read all of them. Really cool figure. I think they really captured Nails. Uh, this is another kind of quirky one because Nails like basically hates the wrestling business now. You know, he got into a physical altercation with Vince McMahon over a payoff that ended up causing him to get fired by WWF. A lot of people say that he's solely responsible for Vince McMahon not getting convicted at the 1993 steroids trial because he took the stage for the prosecution as a character witness. And the shit that he was saying was just so over the top that it kind of destroyed the entire credibility of the uh, the prosecution's case. Um, and Vince, you know, ended up beating the charge. So, uh yeah, dude, Nails is just a crazy character in the history of wrestling, man. Um, really cool figure, though. Great figure. Then we have Owen Hart. This is a good figure. Uh, you guys know I love, you know, all things Hart family, the Hart Foundation. Owen obviously has got a, you know, there's a soft spot in every, there's a soft spot Stop in fart. every, <laughs> <laughs> there's a soft 
spot in every wrestling fan's heart for uh for owen um it's cool that we got him in like the new foundation gear to go along with jim the animal nightheart and match him but you can't help but think of how much better it would have been if we would have got the black and pink owen hart in this line yeah i mean like you said it, it is still a really great figure but yeah it just seems wrong that he's not in the heart foundation gear same as anvil it just it doesn't seem right that they're not in their proper gear so i still love owen i love the figure but yeah it's he should be in the heart foundation get up yeah i i love these figures man and they're really really cool i'm glad we got them but it would have been so much better if we got the black and pink also for both the anvil and owen mm-hmm. all right and then we got the bad guy razor ramon uh comes with the gold chains accessories in the vest this is another one where even though he's in the entrance gear i don't think it hurts the figure one bit um, I actually got this figure with you, Jordan. You remember we went to Yester Toys in Virginia Beach, man, and I scored this guy. I bought the a 3D printed um, chain and necklace before I even found the figure, man. Luckily, I was with you, and they had this guy, and the price was right. So another one with a little bit of extra sentimental value. Yeah, this is this is a great figure just because it's Razor, but I feel like the purple one that comes out later is definitely the better figure just because, I don't know, I just I remember him more like that. But yeah, still a great figure. Love the chains. Still a gr- just awesome. Anything Razor is awesome. So yeah, I the purple one is really cool too. I slightly prefer the black and red one. Just mm. I don't really know why. I just kind of maybe it's just because it's two different colors and it sets it off a little bit. But both Razor Ramones they made were awesome. Then we got the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I still vaguely or I, st- I still clearly remember uh, finding this guy at KB's. Man, such a cool figure. We got heel Shawn. Uh, to go along with the rocker Sean from earlier on in the line. Uh, I, I love this one, man. I think they nailed uh, everything HBK was in the early 90s. Yeah, this figure is gold. I love the the white trunks with the red hearts. It's just, it, it's it's awesome. This the, Everything about this figure is great. They nailed, they nailed his look, nailed everything about it. My HBK has got some serious yellowing though, dude. Him and the IRS figure that I have um, have both got some yellowing. Is, is your HBK still nice and pristine? So, yes, it is because my HBK is MOC. This is actually one, oh, one, yeah, of, the, one of the three that I have that's MOC. Hmm. Yeah, mine, my, that one and my IRS are the only two I have. Even my, my Dusty, his boots are still white, uh, but those two got some yellowing. So, my MVP for this set, I think I got to go Nails just because he's another one of the Hasbro 5. This is the only time he ever got a figure made, and he's just such a uh, kind of favorite for the whole Chick-fil-A show at this point. I'm going to go Kamala as my favorite, honestly. I, I feel like it was between him and Nails, and I, I just feel like we got to disagree on some of these, so I'm going to go Kamala. Yeah, this is another one. If I had to replace, I think I would just drop the Owen and go with Black and Pink Owen Hart. It's just, that's such a, uh, that's kind of such a black eye on this line that they didn't get out of King of Hearts Owen. Um, that, that that's kind of my pick for a, a fantasy book replacement. That was my same note because I don't want to drop any of the wrestlers out of this line. My only note was that he needed to be in black and pink. So, All right, looks like we're on the same page on that. What is the MOC value for your favorite, Kamala? I'm going to go with 175 It is actually $66. Wow, that's crazy. All right, on to Series 8. So this one, we have three re-releases and three new figures. We got Bam Bam Bigelow, Brett the Hitman Hart, Lex Luger, 
Mr. Perfect again, the Undertaker with the cloak, and the mighty Yokozuna. Starting off with Bam Bam. I love this figure. It's another one I grabbed from Yester Toys. Shout out to Yester Toys. If you're in the Hampton Roads or area, or really anywhere in Virginia, definitely seek out Yester Toys in Virginia Beast. They kind of single handedly kickstarted my Hasbro collection. They got a ton of awesome wrestling figures at really good prices. So definitely give them a visit. I found Bam Bam there. I think this is a great, um, you know, early 90s Bam Bam. Really nothing bad to say about it. It's a repaint of Series 3 Earthquake from the chest down. You can actually see, if you look closely, you can see where the singlet's kind of molded on there. Um, but you can really barely notice it. And just a really, really cool figure. Yeah, man, they did start really mailing it in here. Like, the fact that they left it with the singlet body on is wild. But, yeah, this is a great figure. It's tough to find with the tattoos still intact. So, it's cool when you find one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just, it it is Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, there's no denying that's who that is. Then we got a Brett the Hitman heart. This time he's got the silver shades, the much more detailed gear that we're kind of used to seeing Brett with the 90s. I think to me, this is a similar situation to the Series 2 and Series 1 Ultimate Warrior, where the second figure is definitely the better figure, but the sentimental value of the first one just trumps it. Because I, for whatever reason, I've just never been a huge fan of this figure. I think that's simply because the Series 1 or the Series 4 was just so good. See, and I, I do like this Brett better. I, I love the silver shades. I, I think his gear is better in this one. So, I mean, yeah, this is one time where me and you disagree a little bit. But, yeah, I, I love this figure. Fuck you, then. Okay, see you later. Sorry. Okay, back to the uh, back to the show. <laughs> um, I just can't believe you said something bad about Series 4 Bret Hart, dude. Didn't say, anything bad, didn't say anything bad about it. I said I prefer this one. I got half of mine to just pull the plug on this whole damn thing right now. Well, people are really gonna, already people are really going to be missing out. We're already an hour and forty seven minutes in. So what do you say we just think it, we keep it going? Why don't you just keep it cordial and just keep it rolling, Seth? All right. Up next, we got the narcissist, aka the narcissist, Lex Luger from Atlanta, Georgia. This is uh, just a weird gimmick, man. This gimmick was so weird because he came in and then. He didn't really have a turn. Just one day he was the narcissist. The next day he was the All-American Lex Luger. And by the time this figure came out in 1994, he'd been the All-American for about a year. Um, I don't know, man. What, what, it, it is a cool figure, but what's your thoughts on this one? I feel like me and Lex Luger are always going to have beef, especially considering he fucked up the Four Horsemen photo out for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like, I don't know, man. I've just, I never understood like the hype around Lex Luger. Like he never did anything for me. Like I never thought, man, this guy's it. Like, I don't know. He was just there. I think Lex was cool as a number two or number three guy, but that's it. I don't think he was never a number one, you know? I will say 97 Lex was probably his peak. I think that's kind of when he was really doing his thing. You know, he ended up winning the WCW championship from Hollywood Hogan for about a week. Um, but yeah, I don't know why Vince was so enamored with this guy in, in 93, 94. One thing to note, I got to check this one too. His re his body is a repaint from the neck down of the British Bulldog. And supposedly, again, supposedly, we cannot confirm this. According to the Has book, he also has the Union Jack wristbands on. Wow. I got to go check this out, dude. Depending on what time I get done producing this shit tonight, dude, I may end up actually going out and busting out my tubs tonight because it's driving me crazy that 
I never fucking noticed this as a kid or an adult. You playing can with these figures. You can see that his uh, wristbands are like ribbed, though. You can definitely see where there's outlines for it. I see that. Yeah, I mean, I can see the ribbed on the picture, ribbed for our pleasure. Um, <laughs> but I never. But to me, that just looks like kind of standard like wrist tape ridges that you have, dude. I never noticed it was a fucking union check in there. Like, I, I'm definitely checking this out tonight, man. Oh. Um. And if you're listening, give it on the feedback. Let us know if you ever noticed this as a kid, because I just can't believe this hasn't gotten talked about more, man. Like, what the hell, dude? They were they were they were bashing us over the head as kids of the 90s about the fucking hole in the ozone layer, which I never hear shit about now. Nobody was saying anything about these Union Jacks being molded into the wristband on the Bulldog and Luger. Like the leading story on the Channel 5 News. Yeah. I mean, don't you remember how they used to always talk about the hole in the ozone layer and now... That never gets mentioned anymore. Yeah, I definitely remember it. Like, what the hell? Like, did the did we just fuck it up and the ozone layer just they gave up on it or what? I remember that was like the number one thing I heard about as a kid. Like, dude, worry about that hole in the ozone layer. They sealed it up, man. I guess so. Then we have a re-release of, again, the MVP. Shout out to Marco uh, for the Hasbro line. Mr. Perfect in the blue. I much prefer the neon yellow. What about you? Yeah, I don't. I don't love this figure at all. It just, it's so unnecessary, dude. I feel like they should have thrown us like maybe like a cloth, like towel accessory or something to to at least make it a little bit different. I can't believe I didn't notice how much Hasbro did mail it in after about series six. Like they just stopped caring. Yeah, there were, I mean, there were still some gems to be found, but there was a lot of like throwaway figures. It seemed like they would kind of maybe pick like one or two they're going to go all out for. And then the rest are just going to be like whatever figures to to fill out the series. Yeah. Speaking of which, we got the Undertaker, which is basically a total re-release of his earlier figure. But it does come with a nice soft goods coat. I did not have this figure as a kid. I don't even remember seeing this one, man. And his hair is a different color. That's the two differences on this one. Because his hair in the first one's like the the red hair, and this is more of a darker hair. So I have both of these. I don't have this one with the cloak, though. See, I never even remember seeing this or keeping up with it. Like when I was kind of getting back into figures as a kid or as a grown up, I remember being like, I didn't like, holy shit, I never knew there even was an Undertaker with a cloak. Kind of mind blowing, isn't it? It is. Then we got another gem from the late era. Hasbro's the mighty Yokozuna. I love this figure, man. Like, I think it's just, they got the size, the scale, a lot of unique parts. This is just a really, really cool figure. Yeah, I was just ripping on Hasbro for mailing it in. They nailed this. This is perfect. Everything about this is right. The paint's great. It looks just like him. Yeah, this is an awesome figure. Yeah, it's to go along with your your take that Hasbro is kind of mailing it in at this point. It's in the the notes on inside the Hasbook on page one hundred three where we're at right now. If you're following along at home, that Yokozuna is the only completely new mold of Series Eight. All the other figures are repaints. Yeah. All right. What is your MVP of Series Eight, Jordan? I'm going Yokozuna. Uh, yeah, I got to give to Yoko by just the slimmest of margins over Bam Bam. Good one. All right. If I could fantasy book a replacement, I'm going to go with a little bit of a controversial take, man. I'm going to take out Brett the Hitman Hart. As crazy as that sounds, what? just because the series, the series four was perfection and I don't want anything even competing with that figure. And I'm going to replace it. I'm going to go back in time and make the first female figure in the Hasbro line, Luna Vachon. 
I think she'd be perfect and she'd be dual purpose because you could pair her up with Shawn Michaels from the previous series because, you know, Luna was with Shawn there for a while. Or you could do her with Bam Bam. You know, she had the famous mixed tag match with Bam Bam against Doink and Dink at WrestleMania 10. That's a good choice. I'm going to take out Lex Luger and I'm going to replace him with Bo Beverly of the Beverly Brothers. Oh, my God, dude. I hear so many figure collectors saying they want Beverly Brothers figures. And I'm just like, why? Like, why, dude? What, what what did the Beverly Brothers ever do that was cool? Uh, listen, I'm not saying they were, like, the coolest people ever. I'm just saying, like, they were definitely meant for figures back in the day. I mean, they were around long enough where they should have gotten uh, some Hasbros. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Beverly Brothers figures even today. Like, they'd be cool, you know, with the purple and silver gear and stuff. But, like... I just remember, like, to me, they were like the Miz of back in their day. Like, when they came on TV, I was like, fuck this, dude. Like, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to get a snack. I'm going to do something, man. I was just, they're in the, like, the Greg Valentine category, you know. Beverly Brothers were just snooze fest to me. I love Which them. is kind of funny, because if you see some of their stuff from, like, AWA, when they were the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, they were like a, the lightweight version of the Steiner Brothers, dude. They would be straight up just like fucking people up with some of these moves they got. And if you just go and look at uh, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom as a tag team, not, you know, Bo and Blake Beverly, they were pretty badass. But for whatever reason in WWE, they just kind of nerfed all their offense, I guess, just, you know, to make it safe. It's similar um, to the Bushwhackers, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the sheep herders, man. That'd be cool for the Legends line, man. Not not to get too off track what we're talking about, but you know, the Legends line has kind of been they they're running low on who's on the roster, so it's really been kind of a place for more like just obscure versions of guys we already have as opposed to new figures. The sheep herders figures would be cool, you know, maybe just do the bushwhackers with a little bit more like hardcore look and throw in some cool accessories. I'd buy that. Yeah, 100%. All right, sticking with 1994, we got Series 9. Six figures here. Um, two are, are three redos and three new figures. So we got Doink the Clown, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rick and Scott Steiner, Tatanka, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Let's start off with one of the most unique releases in the history of the Hasbro line, Doink the Clown. What would you think of Doink, Jordan? I loved this as a kid. Like, the, the real hair just, like, sets it off. I mean... It's yeah, just, it's a one of a kind in the line. Yeah, it's just it was a cool figure when you were a kid too. Like they knew what they were doing releasing this because they knew people would buy it. So yeah, I, I love that figure. Yeah, I feel like he's one that even if you weren't like a wrestling figure fan, if you just saw this figure out, like you'd be like, yeah, I, I'll buy this cool clown figure to go with my you know Marvel toy biz line or whatever, man. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, Again, the only figure with real hair in the line. I thought it'd be cool if when Mattel was giving us the Ultimate Edition doink coming up, if they did like one head scan that actually had real hair. It's kind of like an homage to to the Hasbro release. Yeah, that would be sweet. Then we got Hacksaw. He's in the singlet. And I I don't know, man. I'm kind of torn on this figure. You know, I'm a fucking true blue, red-blooded American, man. Like, I'm always down for the the 50 stars and the 13 bars. So I dig in the knee pads and I like the American flag accessory, but I was never a fan of singlet hacksaw. No, I wasn't either, but I feel like this figure has a purpose though. Just cause like we just said, having the stars and bars on anything makes it a little more collectible. So I, I like this figure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it was necessary. We got the Steiners, Rick and Scott Steiner. These figures are cool. Um, I like the colorful attires, but I feel like Galoob did the Steiners so much better. Oh, they definitely did. But this was needed in this Hasbro line. I mean, there's 
there's I don't think they're offensive by any means. It's still a cool two cool figures to have in your in your collection. Yeah, definitely, man. I uh yeah, same dude. You really can't say nothing bad about them, but you just got to wonder like how much better it could have been with the um uh with like the more like the more realistic look that the Galoops had. Let's talk about the million dollar man in ring gear. What'd you think of this one? I actually like this figure. I, I know a lot of people hate it, but I, I thought it was cool to finally get him in actual ring gear. I know it's an extremely plain figure, um, but I would always strap the million dollar title onto him. So it, it made it pop a little bit more. So I, I like this figure, honestly. I, I, it is plain, but I liked it. And then we had a straight re-release of Tatanka. Um, is there anything different about this one? I don't think it is. No, it's the exact same thing. All right. What is your MVP of this set? Uh, so my MVP is Doink, no question. Yeah, I'm kind of torn. If I could do if I could do a combo platter, I'd probably take the Steiners just because I always love the Steiners so much. But yeah, I think I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going Doink as well. He was just so unique with the with the real hair and everything. Who are you fantasy booking to replace? So I'm taking Tatanka out and putting in Blake Beverly. God, fucking Beverly Brothers, dude. I think I would take a re-release Tatanka over a Beverly Brothers. Oh, Jesus, you're really hitting hard on the Beverly Brothers tonight. I am also taking out Tatanka. I'm putting in Mabel, though. I know he wasn't King Mabel at the time, which would have been a little bit more mage, but I'd still take a solo uh, Mabel over uh, over Tatanka, man. Yeah, I, I would take a solo Men on the Mission Mabel over uh, you know the, the second figure of Tatanka. There you go. All right, let's get your MOC quiz. What was the value on Doink? Uh, I'll say $175. Damn. I guess, I mean, you did say these later ones don't hold their value, so. I don't know. That was eight beers ago, so. All right, we got two series left to go, man. You good? You running out of steam? Ready to go, baby. We're about to cross over the two-hour mark. Uh, let's let's take a quick pause from the cause just to refresh a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the rings, man. I never had the yellow ring. I just had the blue ring without the soundboard. Like the OG blue ring is the one that I had, and it was tremendous, man. Um, I thought it was a ton of fun. It had the little the spot where you could put the belt around it. The ropes were super tight. It was just a super playable, like damn near perfect toy ring. How about you? Yeah, I, I just had the straight up blue ring as well. Um, I never even saw the yellow ring until I was older. So, yeah, I, I was just like you, just the blue ring. And then the belts, man. Why do you think we never got... They did such a good job with the world title that came with that ring. I thought it was a really cool way to depict it in toy form. Like, why did we never get the IC or tag team belts? It would have been so easy to do. I don't know. And, and it seemed like they this was a missed thing that they did was like releasing uh, accessories on the side of the figures, like not with the figures, but just like a, a championship pack would have been awesome at this time. Yeah, I definitely would have bought that, man. Um, Wrestling Figure Workshop on Instagram is a great place to go. They have awesome awesome Hasbro like the same style as that winged eagle that came in the Hasbro line they have the IC belt and the tag team belts that you can get I, I picked those up um and it's just kind of a really cool way to kind of round out your Hasbro collection like they they just look tremendous on on your legion of doom or your nasty boys really whichever team you want um throw that IC belt on Brett or Sean or Razor it looks awesome so 
definitely hit up Wrestling Figure Workshop to uh, to get some belts to help round out your Hasbro collection. Hey, talking about All the right. ring, like the I, I forgot about this, but I do remember this as a kid. JC Penny had the exclusive blue ring that came with Hulk and Macho Man, and the Macho Man was supposed to have the green trunks, and it never got released. Yeah, and luckily uh, Mattel hooked us up and dropped the green trunks macho in the the retro line back in uh, 2017. Yeah, it's crazy though. All right, series ten. We have eight figures in this one. Um, only three new characters though, and then some re-releases. So we had the Bushwhackers in uh, tan gear with hats. Giant Gonzalez, the Head Shrinkers, which Head Shrinker Samu was part of that Hasbro five. Unfortunately, well, I guess you know. Fortunately, he's about to get a Mattel Elite figure though, so now it's going to be the Hasbro four. Marty Jannetty in solo gear, and then we get some repaints of Razor Ramon and Sean. So let's start off with Giant Gonzalez. I freaking love this figure. I love this figure as a kid. I love it now. Giant Gonzalez, for whatever reason, has stuck in my brain. It's just another sentimental favorite from the early 90s. I think I was just, uh, I, you know, I kind of liked El Gigante. This is back before I really knew anything about work rate or whatever. I was an El Gigante fan in WCW, um, you know, being Sting's best friend or whatever. And then once he turned bad and came in WWE and destroyed The Undertaker, I was just immediately intrigued as a kid. And... I like the character and I, I love the look of this figure. And I, just, I remember playing with this one a ton as a, as a little kid. Yeah. As a little kid, you're drawn to this figure, right? Like the, the hair on the, on the body, it's, it just looks cool and everything. Um, this is definitely one of my favorite Hasbro's. Granted, the guy sucked. I mean, he, he obviously was not good, but it's just- I think he just, I don't think it, I think he just like, he was so big, man. I think he just didn't have like the athletic ability or coordination to do what he needed to do. Yeah, that, that was definitely a problem for him because they don't even list his height on this Hasbro. So that's, that's crazy. Oh yeah. I guess they didn't even list heights at this point. It was only weights. He was the tallest Hasbro figure. He's actually taller than series one, Andre the giant. Um, but yeah, it's a cool figure. I think, he, the motion's kind of weird. He's one of the foot stomper figures, so he could do like the lifts his arms up. I don't really know how that works for uh, his move set, but I think that was probably just done because it was the easiest way to do the the extra height. Then we got the head shrinkers. I love these figures. What's your thoughts on the head shrinkers figures? Love these as well. I mean, this is a great tag team. Um, they, they did a great job with these figures. They, they look just like them. Um, yeah, I got nothing negative to say about the head shrinkers. Loved them as the a jumper team. pose. Yeah, the jumper pose works great. You know, their finisher was just a big double splash similar to the Usos. And I'm really, really excited for uh, for both of the, the upcoming releases in the Legends line. Here's another figure that I do not have right now. But after putting together everything for this podcast, I feel like I need to get the singles Marty Jannetty, man. I'm kind of digging this figure. I love this figure. I do have this one. Um it, it seems like something you shouldn't want because, I mean, he really didn't do a ton in his singles run, but I, I love this figure. I think it's great. Um, yeah. The tights. He won the IC championship, man. Had a couple bangers with Sean. Yeah. I mean, he did have that, but obviously now we know current day Marty and that doesn't help anything. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this figure. I think it's great. Yeah. I was listening to Matt Hardy's podcast last week and he actually like kind of went in on Marty Jannetty, not at Marty Jannetty directly. It was more at the fans, but they have on like the Q and a, somebody asked him how he felt being described as the Marty Jannetty of the Hardy boys. Cause you know, Jeff Hardy was like a main event superstar and 
Matt Hardy kind of never really reached that level. And he was just like, dude, I've been making money in this business for 25 years. I've gotten like six or seven different gimmicks over. Do not compare me to Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty never did anything after the Rockers except make a wreck of his life. I was just like, God damn, <laughs> wow. pal. Way to go in on him. Yeah, I think he uh I think he definitely took some offense to being compared to Marty Jannetty, which is understandable. But I love this figure, man. I kind of wish the Rockers figures that we got had this gear, this like blue with with the yellow and pink stripes and stuff. Very cool looking figure. And this is another one that I'm gonna go back and add to the collection off of this podcast. So I think I'm I think this podcast has cost me like over two hundred bucks already so far. That's good. Um the purple razor, you know, you talked about it that you preferred this one. Um in series ten there were also the black and red ones snuck through on some of these uh some of this set as well. So like you said, Hasbro's kind of melted it at this point. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. Just whatever razor figure we got, put it in the box and we'll sell it. Yeah. Doesn't seem like they cared at all as long as people bought it. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was like the, the gold paint on the purple just didn't transfer as well. Cause when I was looking for a razor in my collection, almost all of the purple ones I found, the paint was completely gone on the back and the black ones weren't like that, man. The paint stayed on most of the black ones, but it's, if you got a purple razor that's still got the Razor Ramon logo on the back, uh, you know, consider yourself lucky because for whatever reason, that paint application has just not held up over time. Yeah, it's it's weird. How did the silver hold up but not the gold? Just that's another weird thing. Must not have gave a shit at this point. <laughs> then we got Sean. Same thing with Sean. Some of the white and red Sean's made it into this series, but the official one for series 10 was the black and chrome Sean Michaels. I like this black and chrome one a lot, honestly. I don't think it's better than the white and red one, but I, I still have a soft spot in my heart for this one. I think it's a cool figure. Yeah, it it is pretty striking, man. I've heard uh, Jeff Toon from Fully Posable actually said that this is his favorite Shawn Michaels figure. It does look good, even though it's about um, you know five years too early, or three years too early. It's actually got a little bit of a feel for the Bad Blood '97 Shawn Michaels. You know, he rocked that black and chrome gear in the first ever Hell in a Cell match against uh, against Undertaker. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Series Ten again, kind of just. Uh, Kind of is what it is with this one, man. What's your MVP of this set? I'm going to go Giant Gonzalez, man. I just think that's a great figure. We needed it. It's a cool figure. Yeah, same. It's definitely the most unique and memorable one from this one, and I don't think it's really close. Who are you replacing? I'm going... So I'm going to replace both of the Bushwhackers because I don't think that, that, that those two are necessary at all. I think the first ones are more than good enough, and I'm going to put in Diesel in this line. Ooh, good call, man. Very good call. Yeah, 94. Diesel totally could work. I was on the same page, man. I'm replacing. I'm actually going to replace the Bushwhackers and go with another re-release, but I'm going to go with the Quebecers, man. Huh. Jocks and uh, and uh, Quebecer Pierre. So I'll mix it up a little bit. They'll go with the Mountie gear, but with like the sleeveless shirts that those guys wrestled in. So that way it's a little bit of a change up from the earlier Mountie figure. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going with another tag team with the Quebecers, as uh, they used to always say. Dude, it is kind of shocking, though. I mean, I, I know they were scheduled to release Diesel in 95. How the hell did he not make it in one of these lines? Dude, 93 and 94, Diesel was a huge deal in WWF. Dude, in the 94 Rumble, he showed out. You know, that's when he was dumping everybody. He was actually getting babyface reactions. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. So WWF I'm, I'm knew in 93 they were going to push him, and he couldn't make it into any of these sets in 94. Like, Jesus. We had four sets in 94. 
Yeah, it's uh, it is very, very weird. I don't, I don't know what the hell happened with that, but um, yeah. Luckily, luckily, Mattel gave us a really great one, um, with the the last series of retros. Finally, thank God. Yeah. All right, let's get into the last set. They kind of went out with a bang here, man. Series 11's load of a banger. The feigned green cards. These were extremely, extremely limited distribution. WWE was at commercially a low point, probably the lowest they'd been in about 10 or 12 years at this point. And action figures in general were kind of struggling to compete with video games. This set had very, very limited distribution. And for that reason... The value of these are sky high. Um, I actually had to find... When I was putting together my Hasbro set, I just was not going to drop the money it was going to cost for these because um, I'm at least a somewhat responsible parent and I have two young kids. And by the time I got done these, they were way too high. So I have a 3D printed reproductions of these, which they hold up. They don't have the actions, but they're pretty... You know, They get the job done for me for my collection. Unless you look closely, uh, you can't really tell that they're customs, but... Yeah, this set is higher than Giraffe Pussy, man. But it is a cool set. Consisted of 1-2-3-Kid, Adam Bomb, the Evil Crush, the Japanese Sympathizer, Ludwig Borga, another guy who only had a figure in the Hasbro line, a re-release of Yokozuna, and then the Smoking Guns, which for Bart Gunn, surprisingly, this is the only figure he's ever had. It's, can you believe Bart Gunn never got a Jax? That's especially considering how much stuff he actually did in WWF. I mean, yeah, he was tough enough champ. And then, uh, you know, he was in the new Midnight Express with Bob Holly. He could have at least got a figure with him and Butterbean. Yeah, get knocked the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into these. So we'll start off with the one, two, three kid. This is a cool figure. It's hilarious to me. The box art if you look at it the night before they were doing the promo picks for these box arts kurt hennig is a, you know a famous ribber he actually <laughs> shaved off the one two three kids eyebrows every time i see this picture i die laughing i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why he just didn't get somebody in makeup to like fucking draw him on some <laughs> eyebrows dude they could have done that they do it for the females a lot man Th- like that has to be top five worst pictures of all time <laughs> he has no fucking eyebrows, dude. <laughs> and they put that on his Hasbro figure. How fucked up is that? It is a cool figure. It captures the one, two, three kid well. Mattel did a really good uh, version of this back in Elite Forty One. I like this figure though. I I love this figure. This is actually one. Obviously, I know I'm not buying it right now. I'm just hoping eventually it'll get down low enough where I can buy it because I I do want the OG one. Dude, if I won the lottery, I'd do it. But for now, I'm good with my uh, with my uh, high quality bootleg. I got gotcha. you. Then we got another repaint of Mister Perfect, Adam Bomb. I love this figure; super cool. I, I've always thought that Adam Bomb was a guy who didn't get his due. He was a pretty good wrestler, had a great look, and I actually like the gimmick. Um, for whatever reason, they just decided not to push him. But this is a cool figure and a cool wrestler, and I love this figure. I loved Adam Bomb. I'm saying with you, uh, everything about him, the presentation, when he was throwing out the nuclear footballs, dude, I, I did. I loved Adam Bomb. I, I really wish he would have got some kind of title run, even if it would have been one of the smaller titles. Like, it, it just feels like he deserved to get something. Yeah, he definitely did, man. Uh, going on to another member of the Hasbro 5, Bart Gunn. He's got that macho man hand that you love, Jordan. Yep. 
Getting ready to get the old handy out. <laughs> He's getting ready to smoke somebody's gun. <laughs> These figures are cool. It always bothered me that they gave Bart the vest, but Billy didn't have the vest. What's up with that? Yeah, I never understood that either. They both should have had the vest on. Um, their pictures on the cards are dope, though. I Th- this oh, yeah. this is a this is a really cool set. I, I like both of these a lot. Yeah, they were doing the Hangman Page gimmick years before it became fashionable. I would love Mattel to make these guys. Man, I can't imagine it'd be that. They already have Billy Gunn on a Legends deal. I can't imagine it'd be that tough to get Bart Gunn signed. Man, like the, I, Mattel would crush some smoking guns. Oh man, they would kill it. Then we have Evil Crush. Crush, of all people, somehow had three figures in the Hasbro line, man. Talk about freaking making it work. The box art is freaking Kona Crush. What's up with that, man? That's fucking terrible. But this <laughs> this figure is great. I, I do love this figure. I, I think Evil Crush was really cool. Again, still his favorite quote, Shaka brother. Shaka brother. Uh, I don't think so. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they kept the box the exact same from the first one, dude. It even has his, uh, you know, his action still the Kona Crusher. He wasn't even doing that move at that point, man. Like they literally just put the same figure in the or, or a different figure in the same box, man. So, like you said, totally mailing it in. That's yeah, sad, but still a cool figure though. I like it. Yeah, Evil Crush had such a cool look. Another one I'd love to see Mattel do. And then we got Ludwig Borga, which I have minimal memories of this guy. They pushed him as like kind of the number two foreign heel behind uh, behind Yokozuna. I really don't remember that much about Ludwig figure the Borga, Ludwig Borga the the wrestler. I'm not a huge fan of the figure, but as a collector, you kind of got to have it because it's the only time we've ever had a Ludwig Borga figure. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Uh, figure itself looks really cool. He just looks like a like a boss that you'd fight at the end of a video game that would beat the shit out of you. But um, yeah, I, I like this figure, but I have no memory of Ludwig Borga at all. And then last but not least, we got a repaint of Yokozuna. Who do you prefer out of the uh, the black and white Yoko or the black and red? I like the black and red a lot, so I'd probably go with that. Okay. All right. And who are you dropping? Or excuse me, let's start with MVPs first. Who's your MVP from this set? Adam Bomb. I think I'm going one, two, three kid just off the historical significance because he's like the most valuable wrestling figure ever or one of them, you know? Yeah. I can't drop anybody off this set, dude. I, I love this set. I think this. What about t- the repaint Yoko, though? <sighs> I still like that, though, even. I think the only thing that I would do. Nah, I'm not dropping anything. You can drop some, but I'm not. So I'm going to drop the repaint Yokozuna. And I think I'm going to go with... Let me think here, dude. Maybe He's just another brick. Puke. Maybe I'll go with uh maybe I'll go with a heel King of Hearts Owen Hart. If we got the baby face black and pink Owen earlier, I'm going with the all pink Owen from when he won the King of the Ring in 1994. Be a good choice. All right, and now your MOC quiz. Oh, God. How much was the last sold 123 kid? Uh, $980. You're actually low. $1,024. That's still not bad. Seriously, bro? That's like fucking uh, no, 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 a mortgage no, no, payment. No, 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 no. I mean, like, my guess wasn't bad. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You were close, but that's ridiculous for. 
a uh, four inch Hasbro <laughs> figure. I, I wasn't saying it wasn't bad as in the price. I was saying my guess was at least close. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So then we were going to have the uh, the famed orange cards. This was a set that was planned. It was never released. It was going to be a repaint of Doink, which that prototype is leaked. There was going to be a repaint of Lex Luger with the uh, red, white, and blue gear, which that figure's out there now. Um, there was going to be black and pink Owen Hart. Then we were going to have men on a mission, Mabel and Mo, a Jeff Jarrett figure, which has been, uh, basically recreated by zombie sailor toys. It should be dropping here in a few months. Diesel, which was recreated by Mattel and a bastion booger. Which one of these figures do are you, do you most want to get C made next? Jordan, you're going to make fun of me, but it's bastion booger, dude. I, I, I really wanted that figure. I think I go Mabel over Bastion Booger, man. I always like Mabel just because he was such a hateable heel. And I just think like the I love the huge size on him and like the just the purple and gold gear, man. So I'm going Mabel. Mabel, Moe, and Bastion Booger are the only three we really need. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about modern day. So there are really three companies doing these figures right now. There, there's a couple other minor league ones doing it, but the three major players right now are Mattel, Chella, and Zombie Sailor. Which one do you like best, Jordan, out of the three? Um, prior to getting the Zombie Sailor toy ones in hand, I would have probably said Mattel just because I feel like they do such a good job with them. But, man, the Zombie Sailor toy ones are so good. He he did such a good job and kept them so close to the original. So I, I'm going to go Zombie Sailor. Dude, I'm actually going to say Cello, man. So. Huh. Mattel, I've been a little bit let down. Obviously, they have the most resources, right? They have the official WWE license. They're the only one that's able to do the actions. But going back to... I I like them a little bit more what they're doing right now with kind of the targeted re-releases. But the line that they dropped in 2017, it was just all over the place, man. Like It seemed like there was really no strategy. They were kind of just throwing out just random sets of figures. You know, it'd be a mix of modern guys, people from like ruthless aggression, people from the attitude era. I just didn't get what they were doing with it, you know? So I feel like outside of like the main lines of, of Mattel, I feel like they do that a lot with like the sub lines. Like, I mean, just look at anything they've ever released. Like they're always all over the place on who they put in the sets. Like that, that's been one of my biggest gripes. It's never like one, one era. It's always just spread out from the beginning all the way to the present. So I don't know, man. It, it, that's always kind of been weird to me the way they do that. Yeah, that's true. And Zombie Sailor, those toys are incredible. Like, I have no gripes on those, but if I'm talking who's doing Hasbro best, I feel like Zombie Sailors, those are actually like so high quality that they're actually like a step beyond Hasbro's, man. Like, the just with like the realism on like the face scans and stuff. I feel like Shell has really captured kind of the cartoonishness of like the feel of the Hasbro figures, man. So that's uh, that's why I'm giving Chella the, the the nod on this one. I will say that Bull Makanu they did was phenomenal. Like I love that Chella figure. I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's another tip of the cap to them. They were the first company to ever give us a female figure in this form. Yeah, and they did a great job with it. So hats off to them. All right, so we have some listener mail. Are you ready to get into these? Let's do it. I have not screened these questions, man. Like, spoiler alert, most of the time, whenever we do listener mail, I'll usually go through and kind of pre-screen the questions and stuff to kind of, uh, you know, have some thoughts ready to go or 
maybe just kind of refine some of the questions, but I've been so busy the last two days that whatever the guys pro- wrote up, we're going to uh, just get into it. Okay. Let's go. All right. So first off is from Matt Carlos. Did you guys ever repurpose Hasbro's into other characters? I know I made the Mountie and a Hunter Hearst Helmsley and I never had Macho Man. So I used Hacksaw as my Macho. We're just one was Spider-Man as a one, two, three kid. <laughs> I, I never did this. I mean, I'd bring like Marvel guys into to my Hasbro world, but I never like repurposed um, any Hasbro's into it, though. So I never repurposed Hasbro guys as other wrestlers, but there was a Ninja Turtles figure of a sumo wrestler oh, yeah. that made a perfect Yokozuna. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I still have that figure, actually. Yeah, and that was my Yokozuna in my uh, fig fan. He worked perfect for uh, Yoko, so, so that's what I did. So thanks for the question, Matt. All right, Zach Hertzler says, favorite wrestling event you watched while playing w- with your figures as a kid? Mine was always SummerSlam 90, followed by different WrestleManias because I had a box set of VHS tapes of Mania. My answer is always going to be the same on this. It'll always be WrestleMania six. That's just like my, that's, that's just like my feel good from when I was a kid. That was really the event that made me fall in love with wrestling. So yeah, WrestleMania six will always be mine. I feel that I'm going with WrestleMania seven for whatever reason. I had a V like a bootleg VHS copy of WrestleMania seven that for whatever reason, was always within arm's reach of my VCR as a kid. So I just remember basically wearing out that VHS, man. So it'd be WrestleMania 7 for me. Not because I loved WrestleMania 7 so much, just because it was just always there. All right, Josh Josh Ellis says, are there any action features that you wish you could swap to another one that you think would improve the figure? Oof. I don't really have one on this, man. Like I said, the actions were... Never really a big deal for me, man. Like I said, for the most part, the actions were something that like after I took the figure out of the box, I'd fiddle fuck with it for a couple seconds. And then I that, that was kind of an afterthought to me for what the actions were. So one thing that I think I would change and me and you already talked about this. I wish the Hulk that does like the Hulk hug or whatever. I wish his hands didn't go together and it just looked like he was flexing his arms out. Yeah. Good, good, good call. Good call. All right, Zach Hertz are coming in for the second time. I love beer and talking beer. So do you have any beers you've seen posted online that you really want to try but haven't been able to find? If so, what beer is it? Because maybe some Foley fan member might be able to help find it for you. So I'll start this one off, man. I've said before, I absolutely love our house where we're at out here on the uh, the little mini farm here in Tennessee, man. It's awesome. But the one thing that sucks is... Moving out to the sticks of Tennessee from downtown Norfolk, Virginia, I was in like craft beer heaven. I had O'Connor Brewing and Smart Mouth, which I actually adored, in addition to a dozen other really cool breweries right within, you know, 10 minute drive. And I had a total wine about 10 minutes from me. Now I got fucking Walmart and Kroger, man. Like my closest like good craft beer shop is a 40 minute drive. So I'm hurting on a bunch of stuff, man. And I still follow all my old favorite breweries online. So I call out, you know, Smart Mouth and O'Connor. Um, I'm definitely missing them as much as it's saving me money, not living, you know, right by them. And then also Sloop Brewing, who is actually the, uh, you know, they're sponsoring the Extra Cooler Show, our friends in the Pod Foundation. So, you know, Nick, Matt, if you guys are hearing this, feel free to drop us some juice bomb um, anytime you want, because I can't find juice bomb anywhere where I'm at locally. So for me, there's not really anything I'm seeing that I can't get. It's just the stuff that I used to be able to find that I no longer have available to me. So here's one thing I'll put out to the Foley fam. If you ever see like a wrestling themed beer, 
just just buy an extra four pack for for the the Chick Foley show crew. We'll reimburse you for it, whatever. But just so all of us can get to try one. I mean, I love seeing when people find wrestling related beers. I think it's really cool. Um, so yeah, that'd be my only thing. All right. Johnny JB says, what's your least favorite Hasbro? I'm gonna go with the Ric Flair. I just think that figure was garbage. It was a bad representation of the nature boy. And there was, uh, between Mattel and Galoob, there's way better options in that similar form. So I'm saying Ric Flair was the worst Hasbro. I'd agree with that. That, that figure is horrible. And last question. So he's getting a double shout out. You know, we literally just mentioned him. Nick Kamiya, a.k.a. The Extra Cooler, says you guys are likely recording or are done by the time I'm writing this. But what's your favorite piece of Hasbro merchandise and why is it the Extra Cooler chalk line jacket? Yeah. So our buddy Nick, fellow member of the Pod Foundation, the official artist of the Chick Foley show, um, Got to collaborate with Chalkline and make this awesome homage to the Hasbro line in Fanimation jacket form um, last year. It's got Macho Man, got the blue ring, a bunch of Hasbros in there. It's got the actual Hasbro winged eagle. Just a really, really awesome, awesome piece of kind of early 90s nostalgia. It's not available now, but, you know, we're in tight with Chalkline. You can use code PF10 to save 10% there, courtesy of the Pod Foundation. And they have let us know that they are going to be uh, doing a second production of it because the first one sold out in a little less than an hour. I'm so happy I got this jacket when it went on sale because it it is awesome. Uh, Nick did a great job with it. So, yeah, you didn't think we'd still be recording, but we're going two and a half hours, pal. So we got your question in. And if I had to pick a second favorite piece of merch besides that jacket, I would say the Has book. Again, I cannot recommend this strongly enough, guys. We're going to put a link in the show notes to be able to purchase it. Um, the the dude that created it, uh, Greenville Nash, such a good guy. He actually offered me, uh, Sheena, Marco, and Jordan all free copies of the book. But it was such a good product that we had already ordered it before he even uh, we could even get the freebies from him, man. So... Uh, definitely hit it up if you're even if if you don't collect Hasbro's man it's still like a cool piece to have and that can kind of just be your representation of the Hasbro line in your collection you know just having that you know displayed somewhere in your figure room but it is the definitive um, kind of historical guide to Hasbro figures and it's helped us a ton um, doing this this episode man so kind of closing thoughts I love the Hasbro's obviously nothing is touching Mattel's for the best figure line ever at this point but when it comes to hitting right in the feel spot, I just love these, man. They, um, I played with Jack's BCAs probably just as much as these. But I feel like the cool thing about Hasbro's, it was so easy to keep up with. You know, there were 11 series and that was it. The thing about Jack's, man, like trying to go back and collect them, which I plan on doing here in the next year or so, it's intimidating because there was just so much shit and so many re-releases, man. Like there's no way to keep up with all the different bone crunching action figures, whereas the Hasbro's was just a nice, clean line, you know? Yeah, kind of my closing thoughts on Hasbro is, Great line. Uh, it is pretty sad what they did at the end of it. I mean, they really did kind of mail it in like we were talking about as far as repaints and things like that. But overall, I mean, my memories of it are so strong. And uh, I just remember playing with those all the time, playing with in the dirt with those figures and stuff. And just being a kid, man, it was just a, it was a great time in my life. And you can never get that back. But uh, going back and recollecting all these has been a pretty special thing for me. I started it when uh, COVID started. So, um, yeah, it, it was awesome to do it. And uh, 
yeah, this was this was fun to talk about, and this is an easy thing for us to talk about. So hopefully, you guys like it. Yeah, we. Uh, that's another thing. You know, we talked about it a couple times talking about the line. The people on the Hasbro side of it weren't wrestling fans, which is why we should be so thankful. Even though they're not perfect, we're really lucky to have folks like Action Figure Attack and, and Bill McKenna and Jeremy uh, Padauer running the AEW and WWE lines because it makes a huge difference when you have an actual fan of the business that's running the line. You're just going to get a little bit of extra layer of TLC put into the production of these things. It does, but I, I feel like them not being wrestling fans makes this that much more impressive that they did this and that it's so still well-received and well-loved. Um, and you get the funny quirks like the crazy-ass Ric Flair figure. Even though we said it was the worst one ever, it still makes me smile when I think about that figure. Yeah, it's it's just a cool line and it's fun to talk about. And um, yeah, luckily I got to talk about it with Seth. So like I said, hopefully you guys like this one. Yeah, this has been an absolute blast. I'll have to go back and check. This may be the longest ever podcast on the Chick Foley Show feed. I think there was a special edition where we stitched together all three parts of the greatest breakfast cereal ever that was a little bit longer, but that was kind of three episodes in one. I think this might be the single longest episode ever. So for those that are still with us at the two and a half hour mark, we thank you guys. Jordan, thanks for sitting down tonight, man. We I was so stoked to do this. I told you I actually had to kind of take a little break right before we, we were going to start about 30 minutes earlier. And I said, dude, I need to get in the right headspace Cause I want this to be our best. This was a blast, man. Like a thank you for sitting down and talking to me about Hasbro wrestling figures for two and a half hours. Man, I always tell you this at the end of this, I always tell you, thanks for having me on here. I mean, I, I love doing this with you. I love doing these pod Warriors episodes. They're just, they're fun. We don't, we don't really follow anything in specific. We just, me and Seth just talk, man. That's, it's just what we do. Um, I mean, granted, we kind of, we tone it down a little bit because me and him get a little aggressive with each other sometimes, but um, <laughs> this is, this is literally how me and Seth are in person. So yeah, if you ever see us at any of these wrestling events or anything, de- don't hesitate to come up to us and say hi. I might look like a big dickhead, but yeah, me and, uh, me and Seth, uh, this is what we like doing, so. Yeah, and we already have the next handful of episodes lined up. We got some great stuff. We're going to be doing best finishers ever, uh, you know, best wrestler appearances in movies, in addition to some other really fun stuff. So Pod Warriors aren't going nowhere, and it's going to start becoming a bigger and bigger part of your Chick Foley show feed. I want to remind you guys, use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. And... We have a very, very special outro song for you guys. Most of the time, we just let it roll without context. But you heard us talking about it pretty much the whole last six, seven series of um, the Hasbro line. There was at least one or two figures in every set that was a straight repaint of Series 3 Mr. Perfect, just with a different head sculpt. And, uh, you know, I was kind of pitching it around to Jordan on what we should do for the outro. And uh, he said, we need to hit some, some macho man rap. And if you've never heard this before, we're going to let it play out, man. It's the macho man's tribute to Kurt Hennig from his famed rap album in 2005. It's called the perfect friend. Um, the rapping sucks. Macho man doesn't got much of a flow, but if you just listen to it, dude, you're going to feel it, man. Like you can tell it's from the heart and it's his tribute to his good friend, Mr. Perfect. It's a song me and Jordan have always listened to pretty much anytime we're together and laugh about and uh yeah we're gonna i think it's the absolute perfect ending for this show so here it is macho man my perfect friend this one goes out to my real close friend and buddy kurt hennig 
aka Mr. Perfect. Just want to let you know that you're missed, but you'll never be forgotten. You've always been an incredible friend. We just want you to know that we got your back, party system style, for the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Hey Kurt, we miss you, but we know you're in a better place. It's kinda hard as time goes on and I don't see your face. So I'm clinching and I'm holding on to memories. Remember the times rolling strong, just you and me. It's real hard sometimes to keep it going day to day. But I know you wouldn't want it any other way. So I keep it moving, doing what I gotta do. And as a trip. 